Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range EDC, the podcast about everything, but it's mostly just the stuff we like. It would be nice to say that this podcast began as a couple scrappy idealists with a song in their hearts and a story that needed to be told. That through trials, they persevered and achieved their dreams, changing the podcasting landscape forever. However, to quote the legendary great quarterback Shane Falco, that just wouldn't be our style. Instead, we're set to enter our fourth year of podcasting the same way we began, desperately clinging to the shredded remains of our sanity while screaming into the void incomprehensively. So join us as we celebrate the improbable continuation of whatever the hell it is that we do each episode in this episode 109, Idiots on Parade, the geekest of weeks. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who has defied the Prime Directive more than any other captain in the history of Starfleet, which is remarkable considering he's never set foot on a starship or, in fact, left the Earth. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades and once got kicked in the groin by a drunken William Shatner. I give you the man they call Tim. Wait! Change that foliage. Release that creature. Screw with everything. How are you, sir? <laughs> yes, pretty much. I love how the prime directive is like, it's like, it's it, it turns into that thing, like the Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, it's not so much a rule as it is a suggestion. A guideline? A guideline, yeah. Like, if you don't interfere with other civilizations, oh, unless you really feel gosh. like it. And then... Yeah. Have at it, you know. Don't and mess then with the ecosystem. <laughs> yeah. Don't mess oh with my. the ecosystem. Don't mess with the animals. I love that. Screw with everything. <laughs> 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 I have no idea if that's from anything, but I oh, love no, it. Oh no, that was clearly. completely from the man from the mind of the man they call Tim. So yeah, that's oh, great. <laughs> sweet Moses. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh boy. Well, folks, uh, we're in for a ride this evening because. Mm-hmm. This right here, episode 109, is the beginning of our fourth year of podcasting. Say what? Even consider, I, yeah, I know I've said this before at least a couple of times, even considering the fact that really there's no one to cancel us from doing this, I am shocked that we have not been canceled somehow. I, like <laughs> that, our, that our podcast host is just like, no, I'm sorry, we have standards and you're way below them. We were giving you a chance to maybe up your game and you've only downed it, apparently. Like you, uh, I, I was uh, going to say, our, our, were our podcast credentials revoked at some point? But then I'm thinking, did we ever get podcast credentials to begin no, with? No, we haven't. We're, we are essentially like that person who sneaks into oh. the Super Bowl because they have a ladder and, uh, and like the, the bright orange vest. <laughs> Jeez. that's it like we just kind of strolled in like we knew what we were doing and everyone goes ah, fair enough and yeah. now they're like crap did you check them out did anybody <laughs> bother to check their ids son of a mother now where are they and we're over there <laughs> <laughs> essentially oh, dancing Lord. on the on the 40 and the 50 yard line in our fruit of the wombs that's that's really where <laughs> that's who we are we are the streakers of the podcast world oh, essentially good Lord. <laughs> really not doing any of the public any good and just really well, annoying you well, know if that's and the case then our top gun episode must have been the the streak across the super bowl field because man that thing much. just keeps climbing still Jeez, uh, yeah uh, thank you to all of the uh, the 544 people who have downloaded that episode i wow 
So what what I was discussing with uh, with uh, Mrs. Uncle Todd today, and, and I think that we need to incorporate this starting next week because I, this is short notice. I'm just springing this on the man they call Tim right now uh, in order to keep that that those sweet, sweet, sweet Xenu like uh, Tom Cruise alien numbers just a chugging along. Uh, what we need to do is we need to have as part of either the Week in Geek or its own segment this week in Tom Cruise. Ah, there we go. Yeah. I and like that it. way we could, we could just, hey, there's Tom Cruise content every week. Come on, folks. Come on. Come back. Come back. Come back. Come back. You know, that I could mean, have been I'm, a Costner joint, but, you know, Cruise got us more downloads. So we got to go with the, you oh, know, with what oh, got yeah. us to the game. You know what I mean? I mean, if you're going to whore yourself out, you might as well go for the one that gives you the numbers. That's what I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm pretty sure oh, Abraham Lord. Lincoln said that. I'm pretty sure that was Abraham oh, Lincoln. I might be mistaken. Man. It might have been Amelia Earhart. I don't so, know. Um, so, so one thing to point out too, just just for the listeners to kind of give a little bit of a preview here. So, not only are we starting our our fourth season here, but uh, did you ever think we'd take this show on the road at some point? I did not. This is actually our our last episode before we hit the road, idiots on the road. Oh dear God, the country is not ready for this. Where's Willie Nelson something. when we need him? <laughs> And that's saying something considering the shape that the country has been in over the past few years. The fact that, oh. the fact that we're hitting the road is going to be interesting. Yes, Indeed. the idiots will be uh, will be meeting up in person, ladies and gentlemen, oh. in Colorado of all places. Because, well, I mean, everyone will be high there. So apparently that's the only <laughs> circumstances that can deal with the two of us in close proximity. It's, if there's it's the elevation, people. It's the elevation. <laughs> If there's copious amounts of weed available for everyone, around, <laughs> not for us, just for everyone around us oh, to be able to stand ah, us. That's the real that's the real marker. But, yes, we will be uh, we'll be attending a, uh, a concert out mm. in in Colorado at Red Rocks, which uh, mm. is a bucket list for me. And then further a bucket list because of the band that we will be seeing or bands. We will be seeing uh, Lettuce, who are nice. an amazing Amazing funk band. We've uh, we've talked about them. Uh, they've been at least one and another thing for me over the years. Uh, but then the 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 prime act for myself is the mighty mighty Tower of Power will be making mm-hmm. their first ever appearance at Red Rocks, and I'm going to be there. And literally, I I'm sure during the encore, I'm just going to be like, "That's it, the meteor can hit now. I've peaked. <laughs> I've done it all. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's it. Just take me now." Oh, it was, it was actually a, a it's probably an apocryphal story, but apparently Fats Domino would as he was as he'd be playing on stage and he'd be in the middle of a real hot solo. He'd yell out, somebody shoot me while I'm happy. Um, <laughs> there's a very high probability that that will be me uh, oh, when boy. at Red Rocks. So if you nice. hear that, Tim, just nice. understand uh, what I'm what I'm laying down there. Ten four. But uh, but we've decided to do a little something different here because, uh, to, to be quite honest, the Week in Geek has been a little, uh, well, on, on the scanty side, shall we say, over the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks because it seems like the news had kind of slowed down to a trickle. And this week, all of a sudden, the floodgates opened and there's plenty a to talk about. Desert of information followed by a, a, a dam breaking and, f- and just absolute flooding of, of news and info that we need to uh, get on top of here, so... Yeah, it's like we've it's like we've stumbled across an oasis in the middle of the desert, and it is filled with geek news and a pond full of bourbon. And uh, well, <laughs> damn it, if we aren't that in there somewhere. In. I mean, come oh. on, <laughs> you, 
you ought to anyone who's listened to us for a while ought to know. Oh yeah, they're totally swimming in that, and that's yeah. not very it's not very hygienic, but meh. oh well, it's well, alcohol and, and kill anything, and next right? week with you and I together, <clears throat> and there being some distilleries in 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 the area that we will be in. Uh, some that's, oh my that's gosh. just a mixture of of trouble right there, my friend. I, I Googled distilleries in Denver, Colorado, and good sweet Lord, <laughs> just page after page after page after page. I'm like, oh, boy, I might need to pack a second liver. This might be. <laughs> I don't know. Schedule the so, transplant. Oh, I might need to man. just bring a transfusion with me. Trans, I'll bring a home transfusion kit for us. That'll be that'll be good. Sweet Moses. But anyways, uh, so what we're going to do this week is uh, we're just going through a whole bunch of uh, news items and trailers, which means, yes, folks, Mm -hmm. the Weekend Geek, Tim has finally annexed the entire damn show. He has achieved achieved his dream, Um, which, you know, I'm all about making people's dreams come true. And as long as this doesn't involve a a Star Wars trivia segment, I'm happy. He can have the damn show. If that means that we can finally put that to bed, like next to the old Rancor, great. Uncle Todd has his bucket list. I have mine. Well, you know. I will bucket. put a it's check mark is, next to one line item on mine. The only thing is for your bucket list, sometimes I need the bucket so that I can vomit. That's all it is. But, you know, <laughs> you do you. You do you. Indeed. But we have a whole bunch of news here. We have a whole bunch of stuff going on. So oh, I guess we ought, to, we, ought to, we ought to dive into this. However, mm. we actually have a sponsor. So this sponsor. Ah, there we go. There we go. This sponsor is actually getting uh, a, one heck of a deal because not only are they sponsoring a segment of the show, they're in fact, because this is the, the, the entire the show, geekest, <laughs> the geekest of weeks, uh, they're they're getting the whole show, which I mean, actually, that might be more of a deterrent. I don't know. They, depending on, on your view of things. Anyways, they already the check has already been cashed. Uh, the quarters have already been dispersed. So, you know, we will just read this anyways. Uh, Oh, pardon me. I'll have to edit that out. <laughs> the Kraken, ladies and gentlemen. No, that was that was weird. That was like one of my cheese fries just popped up and wanted to say hi. Um, anyways, this episode is sponsored by the Coalition for Stay Right Unless to Pass. Who would like to remind you that unless you want to be lumped in with all the all manner of morant. Let me start that again. This episode is. Wow, this is great. This episode is sponsored by the Coalition for Stay Right and Less to Pass, who would like to remind you that unless you want to be lumped in with all manner of moronic, rude, uncouth dingbats, that you should remain in the right-hand lane while driving unless you intend to pass the car in front of you. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't matter if you have to make a left-hand turn five miles down the road. No, it doesn't matter if you think the left lane has smoother pavement. No, it doesn't matter that you pay your taxes and therefore should be able to drive wherever you'd like. You're a moron. The Coalition for Stay Right and Less to Pass thanks you and wishes you a good day and happy motoring. <laughs> All right, we so where do we... You. Yeah, and we thank you and go pound sand. Uh, <laughs> I just added that little bit of commentary on my own. I'm improvisational, you might say. No, you're kidding I know, I know. Shocking. Um, so where do you want to start this all off, sir? I mean, 
Where where well, do the, we begin with this bonanza of news? Uh, well, the, actually, the first item isn't so much news as it is just kind of a follow up uh, to our. Oh, great! Prior you mean episode. I just I just lied to all these people? No, 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 no. This this will be a quick one. This this will be very quick. It, it was it was a you know just a point that I just wanted to kind of touch on from our our Kenobi reel and jabroni, uh, where I was uh, victorious not just uh, for one bottle of bourbon but two. Um, which is apparently being broken up into multiple shipments of, of you know, like a dropper full or something like it's, that. It's more like a rent-a-center plan sort of thing. It's, <laughs> you're, is you're it a layaway? Is that what you tell <laughs> Your Your bourbon's on layaway. That's it. Except the thing is, you're not paying for it, I am. So it's it's kind of like a Christmas club. You remember those? I do. I do. And I remember as a kid, just the whole concept of, of, of layaway and just the term just made me giggle because I just thought it was funny. I'm like, what the heck does that even mean? So anyways, all yeah. right. Uh, but jumping into just uh, uh, Kenobi, our, our last episode, uh, Uncle Todd and I uh, dissected and and discussed the uh, the Kenobi season, the Kenobi finale. Uh, mm-hmm. But one thing we we kind of overlooked a little bit, I mean, I think I think we might have mentioned it slightly, but I wanted to go back to was was basically the final uh, battle between uh, Vader and Kenobi, especially, uh, you know, after the scene where where Kenobi kind of slices a part of the helmet off and we see part Anakin, part Vader and all I wanted to touch on real quick was was just uh, to give kudos to uh, those that produced the episode and and, and made it what it is. Um, just the fact that uh, we got that scene where we kind of got a little bit of the Hayden Christensen voice coupled with the digitized uh, James Earl Jones Vader voice, um, mm. and 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 just the, you know just the 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 impact that had you know, on, on that scene where, uh, very emotional scene, by the way, as well. I mean, I, I, I know we talked about it a little bit, but, um, really was surprised. And I think you mentioned this as, as well, surprised by, uh, just how emotional it was and, and, and really, you know, that, that, that ask of forgiveness from Kenobi was, um, something, you know, that I wasn't expecting at all, but thought it was really well done. Um, really resonated because of the history of these characters, but but I really enjoyed how the voice of Vader f- just just vacillated between you know his human side and and his and his you know machine side and um, you know especially I, I mean really it gets hammered home when when he says that you know um, you know he, when he talks about how you know he is not his failure. And he says, Obi-Wan. And so most of that statement is made as Hayden Christensen, you know, his, his human voice. But when he says yeah. Obi-Wan, it's completely Vader. And, and I just mm. thought that was just kind of a really, really cool way to kind of present essentially what is two sides to this, this person, you know, there, there are really, you know, there, there's the, there's the human side and then there is the machine side. And, and I thought that was just a, a really nice detail that they worked in. Um, something I wasn't expecting at all. I mean, I, I don't know what I was expecting as we talked about from, from that last fight, but, but just, uh, I just thought it was just so well done and, and, and just really, uh, elevated what was their, their last go around, um, you know, as, as Kenobi and Vader, uh, your thoughts, sir. You know, that's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that much. I, I remember as I was watching it, like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool how they're they're messing with the voices and, you know, stuff like that. But that idea the, that you bring up of, of those two sides and then kind of that, 
it morphing into the just the Vader voice at the end when he when he finishes. It it makes me the first thought I had was going back to um well, to our unpopular opinion episode talking about the last Jedi and that moment when Snoke is talking to Kylo Ren and talks about, you know, you know, Ren is like, oh, yeah, and I, I killed Han Solo. And he's like, yeah, and it's it, it split you to the bone, you know, as in like it 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 split you in two. Right. That kind right. of idea. Like now you now there's a there is this piece of the light side and there's a piece, you know, and then there's a the dark side. And this idea of, of Vader, that idea of like that split has happened. Like there is a split. And even though really you, you kind of thought that the way that episode three ends with him becoming Vader and learning, you know, that Padme is dead and all that. And, you know, Palpatine telling him that he killed her and all this. You kind of feel like, oh, OK, now he's fully Vader. Like he is. This is it. And now it kind of almost feels like, okay, well, maybe the, maybe there is, it isn't quite, you know, maybe it finally was that moment in Kenobi when he, he tells, you know, Kenobi that I killed Anakin that you're like, okay, now any, any hope, any vestiges of Anakin Skywalker are now really gone until he comes face to face with his, with his son. Yep. Like he is now swung fully to the dark side. Either that, or you're you're at least getting that confirmation. Yeah, and but that's and, and yeah, I feel, it is very interesting. And and I feel like too, it it it's it's a really nice way to not so much explain, but kind of help support or reinforce what we saw in the original trilogy when you know in Return of the Jedi when Ben explains to Luke that you know, that, that it, it really was a, a certain point of view. And, and he really felt that, you know, the man he knew as Anakin was gone, mm. you know, and, and, and I thought they did a really, really phenomenal job of kind of, of reinforcing that point in, in Kenobi where, you know, Obi-Wan at this point, I, I mean, and, and this part we did, we definitely talked about, but I, I really thought it was a really powerful moment when he just kind of turns around and just says goodbye Darth like he's just done with him you know like like yeah. you are you're someone I don't know and I don't want anything to do with and I'm and I'm just walking away at this point um you know and and, and I think that kind of helps reinforce some of the the things we hear and see in the original trilogy when Ben you know first when, when Obi-Wan first explains to Luke who his father was um, yeah. you know, he talks about him being a cunning warrior. I think that callback that we saw to the Clone Wars time period when they had that sword fight was partially to reinforce that, as well as when he talks about his, you know, when he talks about Vader betraying and killing Anakin, that's really what he saw. Like, like he was really trying to bring his friend back or at least try to try to connect with him on some level. And he just saw that the man he knew is just no longer there. And, yeah. and, and I love the way they used the back and forth between the human and, and, and the digital to kind of, you know, show that, that dichotomy going on. And, and, you know, he's fully Vader, but he's talking, you know, he talks in the first person about, you know, he's like, I am not your failure, but you know, you know, you're, you're not the one that killed Anakin. I am you know, like almost talking about, like, it's kind of like the rock, you know, talking about himself in the third person, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's basically that. And, and so I, I just really liked the fact that they brought that in and, and, and I'm just, 
like I said, I'm just bringing it up only because it, it was something we kind of glossed over. I, I'll be honest. I was just giddy because I knew I was going to win the two bottles. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> and the truth may culpa, comes may out. Culpa, ladies and gentlemen, but, uh, I just wanted to kind of touch on that point before we, uh, dive into the, uh, flood of news we got this week. Well, fair enough. Well pointed out, sir. All right. And your first uh, installment of, of uh, Fireball Nips is in the mail. Although I'm realizing I need to tell you exactly what are the two bottles I want. So I will uh, I already, work I already on told that, you sir. it's going to be a, a nip of Fireball every month until we finally hit about uh, $26. <laughs> and I figured that ought to be about fair, right? <laughs> well, that's one bottle. Then we got to work on the next one. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't. I didn't. Again, we didn't agree to what bottles. I'm, I'm going like bottom shelf, like oh, whatever they have below ah, the man. bottom shelf, like what they have to dig for. Out in the out in the storeroom, like dust off. That's what I'm. Although, if we do hit one of these distilleries out in Denver, you know, you could, uh, you know, at least get half of the bet paid off. You know, if you pick me up a bottle there, so we'll, well see. Yeah, but are you going to trust an airline with a bottle of bourbon in your in your baggage? That's oh, up to I you. Guess I, I'm not. Yeah, I guess that's true. I probably can't get that. Across I'm state not lines. issuing any insurance policy with this. Don't think that you're getting like <laughs> like any, oh, any kind of assurances. No, if I buy you a bottle out there, like if it if it doesn't make it home, like you got to take it up with the airline or whoever, Uber, whatever. That's well, not on or, me. Or or if you get the bottle, we got to finish it before we both leave. <laughs> oh, jeez, are you kidding? That's a bad idea. Bad idea. That'd be a bad idea back in our twenties. Now in our forties, like that's disastrous. <laughs> My God! You actually made me go, Christopher. You actually made me go, Christopher, walking on that. That's disastrous. <laughs> All right. Well, moving right along from Kenobi. Uh, so our first news item. Um, so the Agatha Harkness uh, series that has been uh, rumored it in was Agatha all along. That's right. Uh, on the plus, uh, has plus. now got at least a start date for filming. So we don't have a date nice. for when it's going to actually like air, but we do have a start date for filming. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, uh, January of 2023 through May of 2023, uh, this this series will be filming. Uh, we do not have a date on when it will actually air on the plus. Um, I am not someone who is familiar with the inner workings of production. So I don't know if the fact that they're filming in the first five months of 2023 means that it's a no go for 2023 fully or not. Maybe it's a Christmas sort of release. I don't know. Uh, I would, but I would guess I'm guessing you're 2024, but I'm, I might be wrong, but that's also early going 2024. On, yeah. Uh, I mean, it might not even be early. I mean, when you think about how much stuff that they've got coming down the pike and, and it seems where they're shuffling some more like origin stories and stuff onto onto the plus. I mean, yeah. you kind of have to look at what series you have on the schedule already and right. what's coming up. I mean, maybe, but I mean, I, it, I think, I think late 2023 would be like very optimistic. That's my feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe what, though, what I find I mean, interesting knows. is when we go back to when Wanda, like when WandaVision first aired, that was early 2021, correct? Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because COVID hit in March of 2020. I remember watching it in January. Yeah, so it'd be 2021. So it's kind wow. of incredible to think about the fact that it's been like two years. Mm -hmm. or, or sorry, it it will have been two years when they start filming. Yeah. Um, and. You know, her, her character, you know, in this article we were uh, looking at from CBR.com uh, was basically calling out, you know, again, how um, 
how uh, th- there was a lot of nominations around, you know, for Emmys and so forth for her portrayal. Um, but uh, it's just interesting how long it takes to kind of roll some of this stuff forward, you know? Well, I mean, if you think about it, to me, the 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 length of time between the two says to me that they didn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily in stone that they were going to lean into the Agatha Harkness character. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe there's a, I missed a memo or whatever. Maybe it was like, it was always penciled in. But to me, that says like, you really didn't, you really hadn't planned this out because you needed to get a writing room together. You needed to figure out what it was. You need to get the scripts. You need to, because I mean, even the fact that, I mean, we're, we're just over midway through 2022 and you're not yeah. starting to shoot for another six months, really. Right. I mean, right. to me, that says like you might not, they might not even have all the scripts done at this point. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just yeah. guessing. But I mean, to me, that says like they didn't necessarily plan on Agatha being this character that people be like, wow, you know, I, I want more. Right. Or maybe they weren't planning on, you know, Catherine Hahn just like chewing scenery around mm. both, you know, Olsen and Bettany and going, all righty, um, let's get more of her as soon as possible, please. You know, <laughs> like I, mean, I would I, mean, I, I, I was kind of shocked that she didn't find her way somehow into uh, multiverse of madness. Honestly. Yeah. To satisfy yeah. some of that kind of like to just be like, hey, I'm still here right. sort of thing. Right. You know what I mean? But well, uh and- and, yeah. and, and that's an interesting point you make is the fact that, you know, they, they probably weren't banking on Catherine Hahn resonating, you know, her character resonating the way that it did. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, not that she did a bad job or anything like that, but I mean, I, I don't know that they expected to be this sort of award nominating performance that, you know, turned into this, hey, maybe we can build you know, some kind of like small series around her to kind of forward, yeah. you know, some part of the MCU or something like that. Which is, you know, this is one of the things that I mean. For, well, first and foremost, I mean, I am I am in the bag for Catherine Hunt. I've I've enjoyed her in every single thing I've ever seen her in. But I will admit that I've not ever been like, oh yeah, and I need to see her in more stuff now. I've just been like, oh, she's great in in this, and she was great in that, and oh yeah, I loved her in this. But for whatever reason, I kind of. I don't know. I guess I, I, I guess I kind of just was like, yeah, okay, well, yeah, she's just in these things. And man, uh, I feel bad about that now because she was phenomenal in that. And, and, you know, I, I should have seen it coming. Um, but the, the bigger point is this is what Marvel does really well that to not to, again, use DC as our punching bag, but <laughs> it's just so much fracking fun. Let's just use DC as our punching bag. Yeah, uh, this is what Marvel does very well that DC real and Warner Brothers really sucks at is making adjustments and reading the room and maybe going, OK, that didn't work or, hey, let's lean into this. Let's do this. Let's do this instead of just, nope, we're going to go ahead and we're going to do it our way or like, oh, people like, you know, gritty. Oh, here. Oh, you want jokey here? And just like avalanching like zero subtlety. Um. Right. This is something that Marvel has done very well. Like, oh, people kind of like it when Thor gets a little goofy. All right. Well, let's try leaning into that. Let's lean into it a little bit more. Okay. Hey, Taika, you want you want to take a swing at this and go for it. 
because we think it's going to work because we've seen it kind of, you know, we've seen it heading in this direction and people react to it. So, all right, let's, let's go for it. You know, and it's a calculated risk. It's, it's a risk, but it, they're, they at least, they at least seem to do it gradually with a little bit of subtlety instead of like, Hey, let's beat the Mm. fans over the head with it. You know? Yeah. Um, and so again, it wouldn't surprise me. They're like, all righty, let's build this series. Because people, you know, again, again, even something stupid like the like the release, the Zemo cut, you know, and they and they're like, oh, yeah, OK, fine. You know what? Because this is this is something we're going to hand to an intern. Here's 60 minutes of Zemo dancing to techno music <laughs> because we can. You know what I mean? Like they just do that stuff well. And it's shocking. That, and, and the reason it's shocking is because so many people do it poorly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like you're you're it's almost like the New England Patriots. Like you're you're really good because everyone it's not so much that you're that smart. It's just that everyone else is that dumb. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyways. Who would have guessed that I would have brought all that back to the Patriots and still managed to pound on DC a little bit? Well, Mm -hmm. most everybody. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm so in for this. Catherine Hahn in her own series. Yes, please. Please. Well, and I'll be curious to see how they like connected into the larger MCU overall, you know, because they're they're getting into the multiverse and all this. And so it'll just be curious to see how how they kind of connect all of it up. Um, Well, I mean, you know, what exactly she'll be used to kind of forward if it's going to be tied to Wanda or something else. Yeah. And I mean, the nice thing is, I mean, just with the with the absolute backlog of characters, canon issues storylines that they have they've got so much on all of these characters because most of these characters have been around for a while like agatha harkness has been around for you know a little bit Mm -hmm. they're not just bringing stuff out of thin air which is again uh not to use dc as our punching bag but i'm going to do it again because damn it i can (laughs) dc has the same advantage like they've had all of these decades of storylines with all of these characters and for whatever reason, this is the best they can come up with, which really is horrible to watch because I just I, I like geek. I, I was hoping that DC would do well. Like I was yeah. hoping for more geeky kind of superhero content because I like it. I mean, it's, I'm not going to pretend that all of it is to the level of like Endgame or, or you know, some of these movies that I'm like, OK, this transcends its genre and becomes really a really good movie. Yeah. But if it's a fun movie, I'm in. But oh my gosh, it's like you have all these issues to go back to, all this storyline, all this material, and this is the best you can do? Oh my gosh. Yeah. What the hell are you thinking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you have all this stuff to do, almost like with Sony, which, which is another one. Like you have all this stuff to choose from and you give us Morbius. Yep. Ugh. And then because someone's like, hey, there's a meme. People like it. Like, no, they're not laughing with you. They're laughing at you. <laughs> Let's re-release it. And it makes like $4.73. They're like, whoops, I guess that was a miscalculation. You think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think? Oh, my gosh. Oh, anyways. Good stuff. Hey, two hits on DC for the price of one. You're welcome. After saying we wouldn't make DC our punching bag, boy, did we ever make it our punching bag? Oh yeah, I you know what, and I say that with with tongue firmly planted in cheek. I I like to Indeed. work over DC like a fracking heavy bag, man. <laughs> oh yeah, go Rock ahead and tie the, tie the tie the string between my boxing shoes, and I'll 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 work with the footwork and everything. Just yeah, let me let me add nice. it. 
Nice. Ah, and let's see here. The Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Uncle Todd is is here to deliver this week's words of wisdom. What do you have to say? Don't pee in the wind, ladies and gentlemen. That's there we uh, go. There it is. There we go. What about any any Tom Cruise uh, content that you can throw at us? Because that that's always big views. He's batshit crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for <laughs> thank you for throwing that in. That I've got a bleep. <laughs> go figure. The person cussing on our show is is my wife. <laughs> Delicate flower that she is. All right. I was gonna say you 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 just actually increased your production work that you need to do on this episode. Oh. Thanks, honey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, there's a train wreck I wasn't expecting. <laughs> no, but I should have. But anyways, uh, we'll mark All that right. one down. Well, staying within the Marvel realm. Oh, my God. That was awesome. Uh, staying within the Marvel realm, uh, there was a deleted uh, scene that was uh, posted out to the interwebs uh, the other you know week or two ago uh, from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, yes. You know, we saw uh, Bruce Campbell uh, debuted in the MCU as none other than the, the often uh you know referred to and 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 much uh popular character uh pizza papa uh and Shin <laughs> will travel that's right that's right and and he did have a post credit scene that was was you know funny uh but maybe a little bit underwhelming however in this deleted scene uh what's interesting about it is the pizza papa after his his left fist is uh you know done pummeling him senseless based on dr strange's curse uh, finally stops pummeling him. And so he now decides to declare vengeance against Dr. Strange. What I want to ask Uncle Todd is, uh, do you think Pizza Papa is to Dr. Strange what Pete Rose was to Kane in WWE, where he's just going to pop in there every wow. now and then, and then and then Dr. Strange is going to whoop him? <laughs> I did not expect that reference. Um, <laughs> caught me off guard with that one. But yeah, yeah, I'll go for that. Sure, I'll buy that. I'll buy I, mean, that. I, could to- I could totally see Bruce Campbell doing the comedy jobber routine where he's like, I'm going to get him this time. And then he's just yes. like compl- completely just flummoxed by Dr. Strange every time he tries something. Well, what would be even better is if it wasn't if 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 here's the here's what would make it even better, even better than Pete Rose and Kane, because uh, and for those who don't know, uh, for uh, Kane is the is the wrestling gimmick. Uh, that was the, the Undertaker's brother in WWE, and for whatever reason, there was this uh, there was this feud, a long running feud between uh, baseball uh, should be Hall of Famer Pete Rose and and Kane, um, which is rather interesting. Uh, well, however, mainly because he was called the Big Red Machine, and that yes. that is what Pete Rose's ah, Cincinnati yes. Reds were referred to. Ah, okay. Now it all makes sense. I mean, as much sense as that's going to make, really, is how I should phrase that. Um, So what I think would be even better, because Kane always got uh, Kane always got the drop on Pete Rose or, you know, or or actually Pete Rose always got his comeuppance from Kane, even though though Pete Rose would sometimes get his get the drop on Pete Rose. Right. What, what, What happened was at WrestleMania, Pete Rose would show up to try to do something to Kane and Kane would end up tombstone pile driving him. Uh, pretty much every single time. So, yeah. so rendering Pete Rose's efforts as completely uh, foolish and senseless. And I mean, first and foremost, kudos to Pete Rose for going out and taking a tombstone pile driver. Because indeed, 
I mean, any kind of pile driver is it, it's it's never a hundred percent safe. Um, just ask Steve Austin. You know, I mean, essentially, you're you're really putting yourself in the hands of the other person because there is a it, and again, people are like oh, it's a fake sport. I yep, I know, but there is a legit risk of spinal injury with this move if it's not done properly. Once again, go ask Steve Austin after he's done cussing you out for five minutes. I'm sure he'll <laughs> tell you how how legit this is. He'll offer you um, a beer, bro. I mean, well, and if he does, be careful. <laughs> Just be careful. I'm going to say there's a long history of that not going well for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think would be better for Pizza Papa versus Doctor Strange is if Pizza Papa has this huge vendetta that that occasionally will wander into Doctor Strange's uh, orbit. But Doctor Strange has no idea that that this guy is out to get him. And if Pizza <laughs> Papa is always like is always waylaid by someone else. Or some other circumstances. So he's just about to get the drop on Doctor Strange and like somebody, one of the other heroes with Doctor Strange, like Wong inadvertently like knocks him out of frame or something, you know, like he's he's always like beset by these obstacles that are that Doctor Strange has like he's not even on his radar. That's how like minimal Mm -hmm. it is, like just the most like essentially like as we were talking before the show, he would be the Johnny Tyler to uh to dr strange's <laughs> doc holiday and wider that's that's what pizza papa would be there we um, go there we go except if wyatt Earp never even knew that johnny tyler came after him and doc holiday just took care of him and, and cap <laughs> where you going with that shotgun oh my gosh such a great scene anyways before we start quoting tombstone whole cloth um, but no, I think that'd be, I think that'd be fun. It was a fun scene, but I, I do not foresee pizza Papa being a, a major MCU villain going forward. I just think it'd be great to, to do the Kane Pete Rose thing. I, I think that is right up Bruce Campbell's alley. He, he is, he is, uh, if nothing else good for, uh, some, some, some great physical comedy, um, I love it if they could work in some more Evil Dead references. Like I, I, I really appreciated the fact that he was like punching himself because that was a total Evil Dead Two sort of reference. Um, and so I think in future Doctor Strange movies, uh, if they could work the Pizza Papa in, you know, you know, may, maybe at some point we see Pizza Papa with a uh, chainsaw or a right hand. I don't know. We'll see. Or, or perhaps a boomstick. <laughs> which will end up being like you know his like lighter to light his oven or something i don't know probably probably yeah that 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 was good that was good stuff all right all right well our our next item is uh, actually a trailer so we, we have sprinkled throughout this this uh geek fest uh that is our episode uh a few trailers now what's funny is uncle todd seemed to uh he texted me earlier this week and said hey did you see that andor trailer and I said, uh, yeah, that was like a month ago. And he's like, well, but uh, we didn't talk about it. And I think a new one came out recently. And I went searching the YouTubes and uh, there isn't a new one that was released. So, my friend, I think we're talking about the one that was released about a month ago. OK, well, you know, but that's OK, because I'm I'm all in the bag. We never for... talked about it, did we? We did. We did not. We did not. So, so what we're going to do here. This is a mea culpa more than anything. This, this it, is definitely is a, not news. <laughs> mea culpa number two for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so what we're going to do, I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Uncle Todd, but we are going to watch this and comment in, in real time uh, watching this trailer. Is that correct? 
That is correct. So uh, we'll have this linked in the show notes if you want to watch along with us. Um, do you have it pulled up in front of you, sir? Oh, I do. I do. I All do. All right. So uh, if you get to it and uh, you get through whatever whatever advertisements YouTube throws at you and you get to all zeros, we're going to start there and we'll count down from three, three, two, one, go. Action. I love how this just poor schlub, this fool. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he's kind of like, you know, stretching before he does this. Well, the funny thing is, so it it's it starts off a little comedic, but then the sound gets so menacing immediately. That's okay, what I so, love about this trailer. So this sound right here sounds very close to what they did in Dune with the Sardukan army. Okay, yeah. Where the one guy was up in the tower, kind of like, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, I mean the way they the way they use sound in this trailer is phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah. I was going to say that the sound is just such a defining part of it. Now, what concerns me is is whether or not they can be able to carry this kind of vibe throughout. So you know that Imperial you just saw there in the white. Yeah, yeah. he was. I believe he's the same actor who played this villainous character in Game of Thrones. That was like part of one of the biggest twists in the, in the show. And hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see him as an Imperial. Stellan! Stellan! Stellan's just doing all the sci-fi now. Oh, He's... gosh. Yeah, this looks pretty badass. I just love the deeper dive into the universe. That's what a reckoning sounds like. Boom. Yeah. Got some Mon Mothma in there. Yep. I love it. Love it. Coming August 31st, not that far down the pike. My I don't goodness. Do you think a real jabroni is in order? Um, oh, I mean, that's so wide open, dude. That is so wide open as to I what's going to actually this. happen. We used very good wisdom in not doing a real jabroni for Thor because, quite honestly, there really wasn't. And I'm not giving anything away when I say this. I really didn't feel like there was anything real jabroni worthy within the movie. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Like, like a lot of times when we do real jabroni, it's about rumors that you know, around things that may impact the larger MCU or may impact, you know, the character in terms of its, you know, the, its relationship to other characters in the MCU. Honestly, with Thor, not there, you know, and, and, yeah. and Andor, I kind of feel is maybe something similar. Like, I don't know that there's any like big theory or rumor around this series other than just kind of showing you know what I'm guessing is going to be the genesis or or some of the genesis of the rebellion. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see what what kind of uh, floats on the interwebs over the next next month or so. But yeah, I I kind of I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah and I think the I think part of that with uh with with Thor Love and Thunder too was the and and you actually saw Thor and Love and Thunder saw this, this afternoon. afternoon. <laughs> I am going to be going to see it tomorrow, I believe. I'm going to the 11 a.m. showing. Um, ah, there you go. Because I don't like people, so I'm going to that one. 
Going to and buy some lunch while you're there or no? I might sneak in like a sandwich. I'm, I might have myself a sandwich while I'm there. Sandwich. Yes. <laughs> you know? I'll be, I'll be wearing a winter coat. You'll be like, yeah, this guy doesn't look shady at all. <laughs> Luckily for me, it's all like, you know, it's all like all right. a bunch of people who were really like, I don't really care. Uncle Todd <laughs> is going to look like Kenobi in episode five when he was smuggling little Leia with him and wearing the big overcoat while he was doing it. Like, that's going to be Uncle Todd yeah. sneaking the hoagie into the movie theater. <laughs> well the thing is i'm bringing my daughter and so she she has like a little backpack that she carries around so we might just like stuff all kinds of provisions in there because they're not going to stop like a kid no i'm not like she's not a little kid or anything but they're not going to stop her it's like oh no No. that's that's like her that's her bag you can't not going to go through that and then in there i'm going to have like you know have my sandwich have a couple seltzers some gummy bears you know nice might even have you know, I might I might just go whole nine and bring like my own little sterno and set up like a little buffet. It'd be nice. <laughs> Gee, you bring in like a small like, you know, hibachi with you? You're gonna be grilling some like flank steak, man you know my man? You no, know, I might. You I might actually. It's a nice thought. I mean I would, oh, except they would, the sizzling would probably interefere with the sound for, you know. <laughs> I, I would simply enhance the action behind the Thor movie. Yeah, I know. Um, but I mean, yeah, so a lot of, uh, you know, it, it seems like a lot of folks are kind of running down Thor a little bit and, and all, and all of phase four, like phase mm-hmm. four has not been people's jam necessarily. Yeah. Um, which I think is kind of funny because it's like, it's almost like to bring it back to sports, it's a little bit like what the, what the New England Patriots are going through right now in terms of like, yeah, you're, you're in a rebuilding period. Like you've just lost a ton of characters and and people that were you know very integral to the first three phases of this entire juggernaut that was built yeah and now you've got to kind of figure out what's next and you've got to steer towards what's next and it's like yeah some things are going to hit some things are going to miss and you know i mean some things have hit like shang chi it seems like people universally love that movie eternals was to me it wasn't it wasn't a bad flick it was very down the middle for me yeah and it seems like people are kind of having a similar reaction to Thor, except I wonder if it's just like they're expecting another Ragnarok. And it's like, that's just not happening. You know, um, I haven't seen the flick, so I'm just going to reserve too much judgment there. But uh, it- I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it for you. But uh, I, 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 I will bring it back to Andor, which uh, to me, that trailer just, you know, like, like this is the stuff that I really enjoyed out of like Mandalorian season one and, you know, Mandalorian overall, but in season one, love the detail, like the, the drilling into, uh, the universe in very specific ways that we just didn't have the time to do in the movies. And, you know, especially in this time period where it's, you know, probably the beginnings of his involvement in the rebellion. And, and so I'm, I'm really, you know, really excited to see that. Um, we, we got a little bit of a taste of it in Kenobi. Um, and I say a little bit because, you know, we, we saw Bail Organa with, you know, some of his family, um, you know, talking in a, you know, kind of a banquet in Alderaan about, you know, the impact of the empire and how it's starting to finally pay off for some of them and stuff like that. And it, it, you know, I'm curious to see like, what are they kind of drilling into a little bit here? Um, I I'm guessing based on the trailer where they're, you know, you hear Andor's voice talking about how, how they're, they're satisfied and fat and that sort of thing that it's really kind of dealing with the, 
the uh, almost the class discrepancy that's going on between the empire and, and a lot of you know different civilizations in terms of their their struggle um, just to survive. Mm. And so uh, so I'm 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 excited for it. I think it's going to be a very 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 solid series. I'm looking forward to it, um, even more so after this trailer. I'm 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 ready for it. But I love the guy playing, you know, getting the hammers and getting ready to like sound off on the bell, stretching out, starts pounding on it. Love it, love it. Well, I mean, dude, Good those stuff. are some heavy hammers. Like you gotta, you those gotta be careful. You gotta, you gotta pull something. Curious if they they hired the guy that did the Sardukan army chant though. Like, I love that stuff. You know what that actually is? That's just that guy from The Simpsons. The blah. It's just that slowed down like a hundred times. Pitches dropped. Slowed down. There we go. Yeah. See, it's that's what it is. You're you're welcome. All right. Well, this next one, I can't wait to get Uncle Todd's take on this because uh, he's he's written up quite a few notes in our uh, show notes or or at least our show outline here. Uh, But this next article uh, comes to us by way of uh, sorry, let me just uh, get myself reoriented here. Uh, Inside the magic dot net, a story about this book called Shadow of the Sith that is providing some backstory for elements of Rise of Skywalker. And uh, based on your uh, notes in our outline here, sir, I, I think you're you're a big fan. You're you're buying this, aren't you? What a fracking <laughs> hit piece this was. Inside the magic is basically, hey, this is inside the mouse's rectum, essentially is what it oh. sounds like. Um I, I, this, this is what is, what is, so they're basically, they're praising this book, this upcoming book, or it might be even be out by now, but Shadow of the Sith, which kind of goes in and it starts, it fills in a lot of the holes that were created by J.J. Abrams when he made The Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and the, the reason given for this, which is, might I say, is complete horse pucky, uh, is that, well, J.J. was trying to save the the tr- the franchise after what Rian, John, Rian, Ryan, Ryan, Rian, Rian Johnson. Rian. 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 Okay, give me a couple more pronunciations. I'm asking for the right one, not for like your, your, your riff on it. Rian. My- <laughs> oh my gosh, I... It's a good thing we're not doing this episode live in person. Um, <laughs> but but for for what Rian Johnson did, like oh my gosh, he had to save it. So therefore, he had to he had to go out of his way to to create these things out of out of thin air. And then, well, now this is filling them in. It's like okay, complete crap. No, he did it because he wanted to, and now because you know what for reasons whatever because they've decided that Rian Johnson is just like the complete scapegoat for everything that was wrong with Star Wars ever even before he was born um they're going to blame him for like a wart on George Lucas's ass back in like 1963 or something they they <laughs> oh, they've they so now they're like oh well now this makes everything make sense as if that's a good thing like oh well this book that came out several years after the movie that you need to read after the movie that helps make the movie make a modicum of sense doesn't i mean it doesn't flesh out the entire flick they even kind of say that in the article like it doesn't save everything but it it makes it make more sense if you need a fracking book 
to make the two and I mean, how long was Rise of Skywalker? It was a freaking bloated ass movie. It wasn't short. It was like, it was two, like and two and a half, half hours. Yeah, two and a half. If you need a book, a follow up, an append, an addendum to your two and a half hour movie, guess what? You maybe shouldn't do this movie thing anymore. And I say that as someone who has always enjoyed J.J. Abrams' work, who who gets a kick out of J.J. Abrams and is glad that J.J. Abrams is around and is glad that J.J. Abrams took on this thing. I'm just I'm just a little I've, I've fracking had it with this whole thing about, well, the whole problem with the sequel trilogy was uh, was uh, The Last Jedi. It completely ruined everything. <laughs> Go suck on a womp rat. All right. I'm fracking <laughs> sick of this. Like it's it's so stupid because one of the things one of the things oh they're like oh well uh, it goes about fixing the deep cracks in the Star Wars universe that appeared after after the Disney purchase like did you watch episodes one through three at all mm-hmm. and the fact that all the cracks that that, that opened uh, midichlorians anyone 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 Jar Jar Binks anyone anyone any, any? I request oh, oh, episode we're, three we're just left. retconning that. Because, oh, well, it's George Lucas, and now everything is wrong after Disney purchased it. And then because it's inside the magic, so it's so far up Mickey Mouse's bunghole that it's actually seeing out his right eyeball, we've got to we've got to now shine up the Disney purchase. So now it's Rian Johnson. It's that guy. It's that guy. He's the one who screwed it all up. Get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. Like, are you kidding me? Are you absolutely out of your gourd that like, oh, well, and now this book fixes a two and a half hour movie. If you can't get it done in two and a half hours, you shouldn't make movies. Period. (laughs) End of fracking story. I don't care if you're freaking Stanley Kubrick. If the movie is that disorientating and screwed up and you had to just like poof things into existence and then explain it with like a three to four hundred page book afterwards. So you're like, oh, well, it kind of fixes things. You didn't do your job. Sorry, happens. But don't try and scapegoat the freaking because it's like everything in everything in the world that has happened bad since the last Jedi came out is because of it. Like I'm sure I'm I'm sure that the next article on Inside the Magic is going to be like, oh well. And by the way, Rian Johnson also caused COVID. <laughs> Inside Folks, I the I think magic. I finally broken Uncle Todd with this uh, article. Not broken, just the, the I, I, it, it, to me, it's just so ridiculous. It's yeah. so ridiculous. Well, I, I have in my notes, uh, so so first off, I, I, I just want to request that we we maybe uh, keep it to episode one and two. Let's leave three out of it. Th- three, I think, was pretty good. Um, I, well, I, I, keep in mind, three was pretty good because you're comparing it to one and two. I know. That, to know. me, is where, it, again, like I, well, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed episode three, but, but you have to like, put it in context. Because if you put episode three up against, like, oh, I don't know, Empire, A New Hope, how does it, how does it perform then? It's, it's still a good episode, because that was the it's meat still of good, the story. But, I mean, here's the that thing. Was like, the you might say, story. if you took, you said, okay, the first six movies, okay, easily, people, people would probably put New Hope, and an empire one and two agreed agreed it, pr- probably some if you people put original oh, trilogy and prequel trilogy you're right it would be original trilogy you know it'd go five six four and then three is what it would probably go for for me at least oh wow you so you'd, you'd actually put jedi ahead of uh return of jedi ahead of new hope no, that's interesting. Yes. But, yes. but yeah but so totally valid like i mean it would be to me it's like okay it's either third or fourth depending on depending on the person and 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 what their their particular jam is however 
if you actually had to like give it numeric scores, yeah, I'm saying that if you had to actually quantify it, there would be a definitive drop between the between wherever you decide to put um, episode three and the one above it. It's a mm-hmm. it's like it's it's not a close third or a close fourth. It's like boom, 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 and then we go down a ways, and hey, there it is. Right. Because because again, like one and two were that not good. I'm not gonna say that bad because I mean, hey, it's Star Wars, so actually st- episode one, yeah. I mean, because you don't even have to watch episode one essentially. Like everything else gets caught up. Like there was actually the machete the machete order where it's like you don't even have to watch this because everything else gets explained in two and three. Save yourself the time. Yeah, I think there's a definitive gap in quality between those. So I mean, yeah, is I'll okay. Again, I'm just I'm splitting hairs because quite honestly, I'm flustered and it's starting to get warm on my sun porch again. So I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> ornery, ladies and gentlemen, ornery. It's getting kind of swampy down south, if you know what I mean. So maybe that's you know what's really Sweet kind Moses. of rankling me at this point. But but please, I I, I cut you off. Proceed, sir. No, I I was just going to say like like much to your point, I you know, when when I read this article and then I was kind of making some notes for myself, you know, one of the things I put was is this too little too late? 100% yes. Um, you know, does explaining the Sith Wayfinder and Exegol in a book really help you know, Rise of Skywalker that much? I don't think so. Um, no. You know, to to your point, you know, we, we, we don't make these arguments around movies like The Godfather or classics like, you know, Indiana Jones or, you know, a- any number of movies that hit the mark when they come out. You know, good storytelling, good directing, good cast. Um, you know, the fact that this book is coming out, I mean, it's it's interesting that it's a Luke and Lando kind of story. Uh, it is interesting that they kind of try to explain those things, raise parents, um, you know, why they left Ray on Jakku. That's all well and good and and great in the you know expanded universe sort of sense but you know at the end of the day it doesn't make rise of skywalker a better movie you know i think one of our you know i think we've talked about this one of our biggest issues was the element of how unearned so much of it was you know i mean mm-hmm. you can't go and do you know the the marvel coming together of all of the heroes to fight thanos and, and, you know, much like they did in Rise of Skywalker, bringing everyone together all of a sudden and try to have it resonate the same way. It just doesn't because there wasn't the right build to it. And that's the and issue with Rise of Skywalker. It's not about the Sith Wayfinder. It's not about Exegol. I mean, nope. yeah, it has to do with the fact you got to lean on the Emperor again. But really what it comes down to is you didn't build the story in a way that led to, you know, kind of that climax that, that you worked toward. It was... You know, Rian Johnson set the table, as we've talked about already, and unfortunately, the table was vacated. You know, they they didn't utilize what he put together, and I thought he put together oh, no, you, a really you know what they did compelling. He, he thing. set the table for him, and they just they got they they got scared yeah. of reaction, yeah. and they turned the table over. That's what they did. It's not that they yeah. vacated the table; they actively turned it over. Yep. Yeah. No, that's fair. And That's and the fair. fact is, like, what's what makes it even worse? What makes what makes Rise of Skywalker even worse is you're not that far removed from General slash Princess Leia Organa, mm-hmm. one of the one of the prime figures in the rebellion and well known in her own right throughout the galaxy, making a call for help. Yeah. 
and no one comes. Right. Right. All of a sudden, Lando puts out a call for help and half the fracking galaxy shows up and they're all and we don't know any of them. We don't know any of the spaceships. We don't know who they are. It's just it's just random ass ships that show up. I think one of them was a Galactica, right? Yeah, yeah, and that was one of the little things, which you know pisses me off even more that they managed to besmirch Galactica by throwing it into this piss poor piece of crap. So, and that's right, I called it a piss poor piece of crap. I, I'm on record, and I'll I'll stay on record with that. But the fact is, like you, you're you you actively went against what was set up. You turned the table over because you didn't like it, and now you're gonna you're gonna try and retcon it. And it's not that far after Leia begs for help and doesn't get anything but lando somehow coaxes half the galaxy to show up lame and you have a bad guy who again is just back from the dead about five minutes ago who hasn't been around for years now all of a sudden he back really when when you had it set up that kylo ren could have been the villain yeah yep Oh, it's, it's it's fracking horrible. And the fact, again, like it, it comes down to like, oh, well, this book explains everything. That's great. How many of the people who went to see the movie are, you go- are now going to go back? Oh, well, they say this book is going to explain everything. No, I already paid X number of dollars to watch the movie. You didn't get the job done, slappy. I ain't going to go out and buy your hardcover book for, you know, thirty five ninety five whatever the heck it is, or even when the paperback comes out for twelve ninety five or whatever that's going to be to just for the pleasure of then filling in the holes that you created. Right. No, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like when we talked about the blues brothers and Dan Aykroyd was like, Oh no, I have this whole thing about the car does all these things and that and the other. And it's like, okay, that's John Lance. Like, okay, that's great. If you want to go to every single screening of, every, of this movie across the country and explain that to people, that's great. Otherwise it's just a magic car. Just make it work, and we won't mention it, and and we'll shortcut it. And you know what? Right. It didn't suffer. It didn't suffer because you just make everything else that good. And and there's always an amount of things that you just have to accept in a movie. That's that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not knocking them for the Sith Wayfinder or for this or for that or whatever. It's nothing in particular. There's always things in a movie that you just kind of have to buy into, or that that are dropped in, and you're like, well, what the hell was that? I don't know. You're already in a movie where it's just it's space magic is used as the explanation for for half of what happens anyways. Fine. Yeah. But it's when you when you when you don't earn the emotion, when you don't earn the moments, when you do stuff that's just like cockamamie and you're doing it for for the sake of like you're like you're freaking uh, a wrestling company trying to pop the half hour ratings or the quarter hour rating. And people are going to go, no, no, this, it, this is a jumbled mess. And it has nothing to do with what Rian Johnson did, right? It's it's you own it. It's you it's the old adage: if you have to explain the joke, it wasn't a good joke. Amen. Once again, the man they call Tim, summing it all up, far better than I did, and much Boom. more succinctly and reasonably. Boom! Thank you, sir. Hey. Moving on to the next one, hopefully this will, uh, you know, if this one kind of brought Uncle Todd to the bad place, hopefully this pulls him up into the good place. Uh, oh Quantum boy. Leap. Uh, so so there was an article out of uh, sci-fi.com uh, about a alternate series finale that has come to uh, knowledge, apparently, in, in actually around 2019, so about three years old. Um, 
but uh, but this article was recently written around what that alternate series finale could be. Unfortunately, I am not someone who has watched Quantum Leap, uh, which I'm yeah, going to neither. get a a you know what from Uncle Todd. But well, um, no, I mean I've I've I only watched it sparingly. Over to you, sir. Oh no, I'm, I was just going to say I've I've only watched a couple episodes, so I'm 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 not okay. an expert okay. on this. I just okay. I know the vague story, and you know, I mean, Dean Stockwell, Scott Bakula. I mean, go on. <laughs> You know, right, it's a great combo, but I I didn't I'm not a I'm not a huge fan. I just thought it was rather intriguing. Yeah, so so basically the the way I guess the original series ended was that um you know the character played by Scott Bakula Sam was essentially left in limbo uh you know constantly jumping through time. Um there wasn't really a resolution to it uh because I think the series was kind of called to an end around season 5. However, the alternate uh, series finale, um, which would have led into a season six, kind of indicated that they were angling for a story where uh, Al, who has played, uh, help me with the name again, I'm, I didn't write it down. Dean Stockwell, uh, right? Dean Stockwell, thank you. Uh, played by Dean Stockwell, would be uh, entering into essentially the the same machine that Scott Bakula's character went into and kind of searching for him, uh, basically trying to pull him out of it. Uh, so I thought that was, you know, uh, Uncle Todd texted this to me. I, I thought it was kind of intriguing because I remember this series from from back in my, you know, my, my middle school, high school days and uh, thought it was kind of a very interesting idea that they had this sort of other you know route for the story to go where where you had al kind of uh not the holographic al but the actual al character played by Neen stockwell uh going after sam and and essentially uh trying to you know bring him to a place where he wasn't jumping all the time but uh you know thoughts on this sir i think it's an interesting idea and i think it's you know it's one of those shows that you kind of feel got done dirty you know, like yeah, it just it, yeah. it didn't get a chance to really finish up. And and the reason why and, you know, the, the way that it did end, basically the way it did with just a couple of title cards, like there's, there's no story. It was just like and and Dr. Beckett never returned home is because <laughs> they they didn't have um, they didn't have enough notice to do anything else. Like literally the show got canceled and they were caught completely off guard. Like as you were saying, apparently there was already plans for you know, how season six was going to go and, and didn't have enough time. And that was like, okay, this is the only way we can wrap it up. Um, which, which is really really a shame when you think about it. Well, yeah, but again, it's, it's just the way that it's the way TV and, and executives work like, okay, this thing is done. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's in some ways it's at least, you know, they got five seasons because, you know, there's entire movies that get buried. Yeah. That cost millions of dollars that just some executives like, oh, that was the last guy's thing. Screw that. <laughs> Bury it. We're not promoting it. We're not doing anything. We've got to release it. But I don't care if it makes dime one. We'll write it off. Yeah. So, I mean, at least they get that, I guess. But yeah, it totally got done dirty. And um, it's an interesting thing. And now they're doing a reboot of Quantum Leap. And there's some uh, there's some, you know, jabber whispering on the interwebs of now whether or not they might pick up some of this and and run with it and and if you know Scott Bakula might actually make uh, an appearance of some nice. sort in this I, who knows uh, I don't I don't know if it's a, a a total reboot or if it's kind of a 
a reimagining or of a continuation or, or what it is, but it, uh, it opens up some possibilities. Um, yeah. Yep. Not enough that I want to go back and watch all the quantum leaps, but you know, Hey, if that's your jam, go right for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember the series being, you know, somewhat of a touchstone, you know, in terms of, you know, some really good storytelling, uh, character development, um, never watched it myself, unfortunately. Um, but, but really, uh, you know, really just remember kind of hearing about it on the periphery and, um, yeah, it sounds like it's, it's one of those unfortunate cases where they just, it, it, it's, it's really too bad. Like NBC just didn't give them another, you know, five or six episodes to kind of close it out. You know, um, I kind of go back to my whole thing with Dune, you know, from the 1980s where it's like, if you have to use like title cards to kind of like you know, intro or outro your, your show or your movie, uh, then something fell apart along the way, you know, kind of thing. Um, you know, hopefully the story kind of does the, does the actual job of the storytelling. Um, but in this case, yeah, it seems like it was just kind of, uh, you know, closed and ended in, in a very abrupt way. And, um, you know, it's kind of strange, you know, in some ways it's, I, I mean, in, in some ways I like it because, you know, especially back then, you know, things were always kind of, you know, cleaned up and tidied up in a very, very, you know, neat way. And, you know, kind of leaving the protagonist, you know, stuck in this state was kind of in some ways an interesting way to end it. But like I said, it may have just been, you know, a byproduct of, or like you were saying, you know, it may have been more of a byproduct of, uh, you know, the circumstances around what they were trying to do. So, um, yeah, it so is very interesting more... and I didn't realize they were rebooting it. So I'm, I'm kind of curious what that's going to look like. Yeah. It is one of the more downer endings of a, of a TV show. Uh, not quite as bad as dinosaurs. If you remember that one, you remember I that show? Not. No, I don't. So it was all about the dinosaurs who were, who were sentient and had jobs and stuff like that. And it was all like, uh, like prosthetic, you know, it wasn't like a dinosaurs. It was, uh, which is why the ending of it was was so crazy because essentially the ending is um, the coming ice age, and it starts snowing, and you know, it the the ending is like you know what's going to happen, you know, and I don't know, and this, you just see the snow falling, and you know that the dinosaurs are all going to die out, mm. and that's the end. That was the finale of the show, like. Ugh dang yeah yeah <laughs> all right someone was ticked off about getting canceled so mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna end this one on the darkest note possible Yee. indeed indeed all right well we're back to trailer time my friend real-time trailers ah uh, yes and this and, and this, this one resonates with uncle todd and i because uh, l- let me set the table here so <laughs> Uncle Todd was has always been a man ahead of his time in some ways. And when th- there was a point in time in, in kind of the latter part of my college career uh, where Uncle Todd and I lived together and he introduced me to this this quirky movie called Clerks. And I was really fascinated by the whole thing. You, you know, the, the movie was great. Uh, Uncle Todd educated me a bit on Kevin Smith and and kind of introduced me to him and and you know kind of been following him since then. Um, so uh, to see the trailer this past week of Clerks three debuting uh, was 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 very very interesting. And so I think what we're going to do here is a real time viewing of this and and a bit of commentary uh, similar to what we did to Andor. Correct? 
Yes. Uh, however, I do want to make just one distinction because, yes, and I appreciate you you giving me way more credit than I am due in any circumstances. Oh for no, sir! You staying. get all the credit. I would not have known Kevin Smith without you, sir. Well, and and this is why I, I may be a man ahead of my time, but the man ahead of my time uh, was our. Uh, so the man sitting next to the man, sitting next to the man, <laughs> sitting. Ne- uh, so the the man who was ahead of my time was uh was our our now common uh uh, uh friend uh brenda moore ah yes yes was on for our rush episode and yes. so he is the one who introduced me to kevin smith and to clerks and to mall rats and all that stuff so he is due some credit for this and um so when here, here. kevin smith re- uh released his last movie which was uh jay and silent bob reboot he did this thing where he he did a road show, so he would go around and Kevin Smith has become kind of famous or infamous for his question and answer sessions, and he started kind of doing this like back in the day when he started out with clerks. He would go to different colleges and they would ask him to speak, and he would do question and answers, and and eventually it kind of developed into its own things. Like he has several DVDs now of his Q and A sessions. And one of the things that he's kind of infamous for is he'll spill the tea on just about anything. He even says it like there's a reason why people don't tell him things is because he he will talk about everything. Um, he is he is not shy about uh, about chatting, <laughs> which is why it's so funny that his his character in Clerks and in his View of Universe is Silent Bob and very rarely talks because normally in real life right, he can't shut right. up. Much yeah. like myself, which is why I feel a kinship with with uh, with Kev or Keb, as I've called him online mistakenly a couple times through uh, misspelling errors. Uh, so he did this roadshow where you you go and you see the movie in a in a theater, not like a movie theater, but like an actual like big old auditorium, and then he does a Q and A afterwards, and so you can ask him questions. And so when he did that, me and Brynmore went down to Boston to see this at uh, nice. I think it's a Beacon Theater or something like that. And it was it was great. Um, unfortunately, my dinner choice managed to get us there about ten minutes late into the movie, so I felt absolutely horrible for that. Uh, however, it was it was a lot of fun, great night, and he's doing it again with Clerks Three. And so nice. I've already purchased tickets to go see Clerks Three with Brenda Moore ah. in Portland, Maine, in September uh, for another like Q and A after the movie kind of thing. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a so, lot of fun, and it's well worth it. So I have to ask. Because you're doing yes. this and because I can, you know, f- find my way into viewing this as well. Should we bring Brenda Moore in for a kind of clerk's retrospective, if you will? Oh, I think for sure. I, I think we I need think, to. <laughs> I think Mike would be down for that. Yeah, I think that'd be a that'd be a lot of fun. It's been a while since we've had him on and I think we need to bring him in. So, yes, indeed. indeed. Um, so, yes, let's watch the uh, trailer for Clerks 3. Uh, we Excellent. have that and that'll be in the show notes. So if you got it all to zeros. Uh-huh. Uh, here we go in three, two, one, go. Off we go. Oh, I love it how it starts off with that, like the ding, the bell, like you're opening the door. Yes. Dance your heart out, Jay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, the old hockey on the uh, roof. Gotta love it. And I love how everyone is just like, looks their age. It's great. Oh my gosh. Yes. the tinder date line i love it oh my gosh i think it's funny that these two have stayed employed at the same place all these years 
Well, and this is why you need to watch Clerks too, because it's different. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna make a movie, baby. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's hysterical. Affleck. Yep. Yep. Oh, there we go. Silent Bob breaking out the moves. Yep, the flashback <laughs> to Clerks One. <laughs> I I, oh I love gosh. how the two like leads though for this movie really haven't been in anything and it's just this you know what I mean yeah that's awesome it's like that's this is their jam this is their thing that's awesome yeah Mark Bernard <laughs> making a cameo there there we go there we go Don't kill me off in the third act. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, clearly on the plane to Denver, I need to be watching Clerks, too. So, yes. So, um, oh, that was fantastic. So good. Fantastic. So Brian O'Halloran has been in has been in several um, of Kevin Smith's other non Clerks movies. And the, the gig is he's always playing someone with the last name Hicks. So his character in, in Clerks was Dante Hicks. And so oh, he's always okay. playing a character, okay. but it's like it's like all the brothers of Dante Hicks, like relatives <laughs> of Dante Hicks, which is great. But, uh, I mean, I, he I, stayed within like the Kevin Smith universe, correct? Yeah, I mean, he's I think he's done other acting gigs, but no, he's never made it huge into playing, you know, yeah. into leading man status. And Jeff Anderson actually has done um, some directing. And he's made his own movies, ah. and I, and one of the things that you know, kind of, and if you watch if you watch Clerks too, and there's a making of documentary that goes along with Clerks too, where it kind of talks about like how he kind of had a little bit of trouble being, being Randall after Clerks, yeah, because he's his his voice is very distinctive. He's a very distinctive kind of looking dude, and it's like everyone is like oh randall and he's like i don't know that i want to be randall the rest of my life <laughs> you know yeah yeah um, yeah so yeah it's it, and it is it's it's been interesting trying to it was a it was an ordeal getting him back to do clerks too and then there was another layoff of him not wanting to do anymore um and then i for whatever reason probably kevin once again leveraging uh, his his heart attack to guilt people into being movie into into a movie <laughs> Which which was kind of like referred to several times in 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 reboot and in other things. He was just like, yeah, I've I'm totally using this as a reason to like guilt people into being because like ah, he might die, you know. You you've um, seen White Christmas, right? Uh, the uh, old, like the old, old movie, Bing Crosby. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, right. the first for the first time this past Christmas because so you referred to it so many times. So when 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 you mentioned Kevin Smith referencing his heart attack, it reminds me of Danny Kaye in that yes. movie constantly like rubbing yep. the right arm like you know hey remember this <laughs> yes oh totally <laughs> absolutely absolutely that's that another is exactly family it. that's another family viewing thing and every time we see that we always crack up it is just D- danny k is just oh priceless in that movie 
Yeah, I can't wait for this flick, and you do need to see Clerks too because indeed, um, indeed, it is it is kind of the it, it is the departure of these two from the convenience from the stores, which are actually store. And actually, I believe Kevin Smith now owns. If he doesn't own both stores, he owns the the video store next to, mm. or what used to be the video store next to, and it's now called Smod Castle. It's where he, it's like an <laughs> event center. Oh, because wow. he also has his he also has his comic shop, like comics and uh, and a, like paraphernalia shop in Red nice. Bank, New Jersey, which is not that far from the stores, which is like the convenience store and the video store next to each other. Um, so he owns Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash in red bank new jersey not that far from there so i mean it's it's kind of funny that he he's very slowly kind of like building this yeah. empire in new jersey that's uh, but, funny but clerks too is great and rosario dawson is to me is like one of the reasons why that movie is so good like she's nice. just absolutely great in the flick and it looks like she's in this one um i don't know how much she's in it um but her her part in clerks two makes it and and clerks two to me is is probably my favorite kevin smith movie uh, just because it has such a heart and it also kind of it, it just it rings a lot of bells for me yeah. in terms of yeah. like, uh, you know, being of a certain age and, and what your life is like and all that kind of stuff, which is, you know, well, it's it's having kind of think- grown up with Kevin Smith as well. It's kind of like running parallel tracks. Yeah. And, and it's it's crazy to think how, you know, because, you know, you and I shared an apartment, you know, kind of in our early to mid 20s and it's just so funny to see how all of this has kind of aged with us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not like, you know, clerks was this movie that happened in the nineties and then we just kind of left it behind. It's funny to see, you know, Kevin Smith kind of bringing it into the 2020s of all decades. Um, and, and, you know, keeping it going. So I, I, yeah, I, I think that's really cool. And yeah, I will definitely check out clerks too. Yeah. And that is kind of the thing that he's mentioned before is, you know, people like, well, why are you going to make an at the time? Like, why are you going to make a clerks too? He's like, hey, I I wrote these characters. I created them. He's like, I kind of want to know what they're up to now. I just love how they specifically reference the Death Star stuff from the first one, because that was just that was such a classic, classic line from that first movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, like he he says in one of his Q&A things with that, like, you know, that they had talked about. You know, he asked him, like, what did George Lucas think of that? Or somehow got back to George Lucas. And, you know, he obviously didn't sue him. So I guess he's like, I guess he thought it was good. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. And he had in, in another Q&A session because in Mallrats, his second movie, he mentioned something about, you know, Superman, you know, having relations with Lois Lane. And and he was, he jokes. He's like, I think that's why they brought me in to, to work on a Superman movie. Like, well, see, he knows comics. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, all right, fine, sure. Nice, nice. Yeah, Clerks 3 coming soon. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. All right, moving right along, our next Week in Geek item, uh, Taika Waititi uh, is slated to develop a Star Wars movie. However, yes. we have an article from Cos- oh uh, CosmicBook.news uh, that describes how this movie may be in doubt. And mm. Uncle Todd once again threw some notes in here. Uh, quite explicit. Uh, I will open up to him to kind of kick us off here and, uh, and, 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 and see what he's so upset about. Well, if you, if you thought that we were going to move to the light side and that we were going to have some, some sort of positivity having to do with the Star Wars universe and 
if you're wondering, well, are we are we just out to kind of to shine up the mouse and 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 try and you know make things all better? Surprise! 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 Guess what? We're going to take some more shots at Rian Johnson. That's right. <laughs> oh, That's gosh. right. Oh dear! Time to time to time to go after him and scapegoat him, just because you know you didn't have a cohesive plan for the sequel trilogy. Uh, but hey, don't don't diss on Taika for not remembering that Natalie Portman was part of the fracking franchise and in fact the mother of Luke and Leia. No, no, that's okay because everyone loves Taika. Everybody loves Taika, including me. Oh. I got no problems with Taika. But if you're gonna if you're gonna go after someone, go after equal. You know, I mean, this dude, it wasn't a throwaway thing. Like, she was in a couple flicks for crying out loud. But, you know, that's that's fine. That's fine. Let's go back. And, you know, at this point, not only did Rian Johnson create COVID, he also kicks puppies for fun, and he pissed in Uncle Sam's apple pie the last three-fourths of July. Like, let's just go freaking nuts with this thing, shall we? Let's just go nuts. Go all in. I mean, you know oh, what? I'm, I'm pretty sure he was on the grassy knoll in Dallas on that day in 1963. I think I'm he was. Pretty sure, you know what? Damn it. He's, he's the one who took the Lindbergh baby. He's a time traveler, I tell you. Good. He's behind all things God. bad for Vince McMahon. Yes, that too. That too. <laughs> oh, my God. He's the one who came up with a, with a gobbledygooker gimmick. That's that, that him too. Yep. He, he was behind it all. Oh man! For crying out loud! Like it, it's it's so hard not to see this as just like a. This is how we're going to try and you know hand wave away like the these are not the droids you're looking for thing, because people are like, oh, I don't like the sequel trilogy. It's his fault. No, I mean, gee, it wouldn't be the guy who's the producer of all three movies or the guy who's like in charge of the entire trilogy or you know or the head executive of lucasfilm who shepherded the entire process who act like they did they were shocked shocked i say when they mm -hmm. went to the premiere and saw what Rian johnson did to their film can you believe this that he stabbed us in the back not like they weren't watching freaking dailies every freaking day and Ladies signing and off on everything, like acting like this just happened out in a vacuum. Like he's out They're acting like this is the first Star Wars back in the day when you could just kind of go off on the side and, and nobody knew what was going on because it wasn't a big deal. Acting like like they had no idea what was going on. Like they didn't sign off on scripts. They didn't sign off on sets. They didn't sign off on dailies. Like Rian Johnson was just it's like freaking it's like back in the, the Iran Iran Contra affair to go back to Polly side days. Like, all of a sudden, you find out that the president didn't know, the vice president didn't know, Secretary of Defense didn't know. All of a sudden, it all comes down to this one guy named North, who never made more than $500 a week, and he's running the whole world! Uncle Todd is gone full-on Lewis Black, ladies and gentlemen. Hang on. <sighs> Again, I'm getting swampy over here, and it's really starting to <laughs> piss me off. <laughs> I, I, you know what's really I, I funny about this uh, Taika Waititi article is I, I, I wrote it in one line. Here's the thrust of the article. Mm. He is still figuring out the story for the Star Wars movie. And because of that, there's a high likelihood it may be canceled. That's it. 
Well, that's the thing all is, there is to this article, my friend. I, I mean, everything you've said is right on the money because there is all that other stuff that comes with it. But that is the essence of the article is Taika Waititi is still trying to figure out what exactly the Star Wars story is going to be. It is, and, and knowing him, he's trying to do something that is off the beaten path, that is something that is different. And because of that, I think he's trying to set expectations that when I do finally get a treatment in front of people, it is very highly likely they are going to just say no way. And well, that's here's fair. The thing. Here's the thing. If he's still trying to figure the story out, they should actually promote him. Because as we've seen from our previous article, they're still trying to figure out what the hell the Rise of Skywalker is about. <laughs> and it's been a couple of years since that flick came out. Oh, hell, you know Uncle what? Why, don't we, why do we put Taika in charge of Lucasfilm? I mean, no, hell, he if he should. manages to figure this thing out in under six months to a year, he's far ahead of these other two chuckleheads. <laughs> he has outpaced everybody else just by standing still. Breathe, my brother, breathe. <sighs> Deep breath. Where's, where's my bourbon? Deep breath. Oh, I'm, I've, I've been have, having quite a bit of bourbon, actually. So thank Once you. again, I, my mic cord is not long enough. I need to, I need to get a longer microphone cord in order Sampling to make this work. Sampling a little work. tin cup uh, rye cut from the Rocky Mountain waters, ladies and gentlemen. It's a spa. That has nothing to do with whiskey. I was just going off a tin cup. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Caught that. Caught that. Very nice. Very nice. Uh... Yeah, so Taika might or may, might not be making a movie, and once again, Rian Johnson is what is wrong with everything in this world. Jeez, I'm telling you. Although, You're you wrong. know what, I will I will say this. So uh, apparently, uh, Mark Bernard, who, uh, you know, friend of the podcast, Mark Bernard, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. I can't. Mark has no idea who the hell we are. You know, I wish that he did. Um then again, maybe not, because he might get pissed off at what we said about a Star Trek Picard season two. Um, but he he was on a, a was it a Dagobah Dispatches, Star Wars podcast, and he he apparently rated uh, and I guess the rest of the guys on that show rated Last Jedi very highly. So therefore, I I look at that as vindication. We know yet, something. It, Victory is mine. But yet, you know, the the people who are who are, you know, polishing the back of Mickey's right eyeballs, they're so far up his rectum are, you know, trying to tell us all like, oh, no, Rianne Johnson is the reason why every Rianne Johnson is the reason why we had to shut down Space Mountain last week for safety reasons. he's, He's actually a gremlin and he gets into the machinery, that rascally little fella. Like, oh, my gosh. Seriously. Just own your mistakes. Like, you know what? Mm-hmm. We we done effed up yeah. instead of going, well, it was really that second part. Yes, the second part, which you signed off on for everything. Come on. Once breathe, again, brother, I'm getting breathe. real swampy over here. <laughs> Just wrinkled. Ornery. Yep. All right, uh, may I make a make? Might I make a, a suggestion of point of order uh, in our yes. outline? Uh, might I recommend we go to the next trailer since we would uh, we would then be closing up all of our Star Wars uh, stuff for for this episode? Well, I was going to ask you because uh, I was looking at it. Does it make sense to 
um, maybe move the trailer to the last thing. So we're not like ending on a fart basically. Uh, okay. Yeah. Duly noted. Yes. <laughs> Cause I was kind of looking at it like, you know, do we really want to end on the BSG story? That is basically no story. <laughs> well, now you just spoiled the whole thing for everybody. Well, you know, that's my job. Great. This is that's what happens job. when Timmy's drinking during the show. This is Indeed. why I only had one beer as the show is starting. <laughs> oh, it's our folks. fourth season kickoff. We decided to celebrate a little bit. A far cry from some of our earlier episodes where by the end of the show is going to ruin us. Let me tell you something. Oh, boy. All right, it, is moved. it is moved. Drunk in uncle our, period. In our outline. So so next item right. is a little something from ScreenRant.com, which I caught, which I thought was kind of interesting because we, we did spend some time in the March-April time frame on BSG. Uh, Sometime? We spent all of those two months on that. Well, I was, like was the trying to be of our programming. diplomatic in my wording here. Um, but th- but this article was interesting because it kind of touched on, uh, you know, a big episode for, for me in one of our brackets was uh, the tie that mm. binds and uh, talking about Felix Gaeta and how uh, his last words in Battlestar really kind of resonated kind of the theme throughout the series, which was a, a, a bit about letting go. And so I, I just kind of wanted to bring this out and just kind of chat about it a little bit. So, uh, you know, as, as we discussed in, in great length in, in our prior episodes around BSG, uh, Gaeta in, in Blood on the Scales, um, you know, he, he looks down at his missing leg and wonders for a moment before the firing squad carries out his execution. And, and his final words are, it's stopped. Uh, kind of referencing the fact that, you know, he was kind of experiencing a lot of discomfort with his his uh, limb that had been uh, had, had been cut and, and taken from him and just all the suffering he had been, you know, he, he kind of had been going through. And then really kind of resonating around, um, you know, the fact that now that his journey had kind of come to an end and he was really at the end of his, uh, of his existence, kind of coming to peace with everything, like letting go of the anger and the resentment. And really the article here is really about that, that how, how he kind of encapsulates a lot of what really needed to happen with, with all you know, the cat, you know, the characters of, of this show and really the story, which was letting go of the past and kind of moving forward. And, uh, and so I, I just thought it was kind of interesting. I thought it was, you know, something that kind of just popped up out of nowhere and, um, and, and I liked it. Uh, kind of curious, uncle Todd, your thoughts, uh, you know, given your, your take on BSG and what we've talked about in the past with, uh, Mr. Felix Gaeta and his, uh, his story arc through the series. I think it's, I think it's very well written and very well thought out. Um, it's not necessarily how I see it, but I, I totally yeah. understand and understand how the writer sees it and, and don't disagree uh, for sure. I guess what, what comes up for me more than anything is that, that Felix kind of winds up becoming that sacrificial lamb. You know, he right. is, he like somebody, you know, this has all gone so poorly. Somebody needs to die, that sort of thing. And he yeah. almost became that at, at uh, when, um, what was it? Collaborators? Or, I think so. Uh, yeah. The, yep. Yeah. The episode with the circle and they were going to execute him. And it was only through 
finding out, you know, that he knew what the signal was about the the information drop was. And that's the only thing that saved him. And not through his own through through his own doing. Like that came about right. through another person. Um and he was in fact not going to beg for his life. Um but that he was kind of this this sacrifice that that people needed needed someone to blame and that he he just kind of became that thing and 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 what happens as that goes further and further and further and further uh, what happens when you can when you can kind of to me it's almost the dark side of Carl Agathon like how that could have gone like the good man the good person who who is an idealist and who is who is trying to be righteous and who is trying to be on the right side of things and with Agathon with Carl with Hilo you continue to see him maintains a lot of that idealism and if he and if he turns from it he turns back pretty quickly he really doesn't he doesn't really go to that dark side of himself felix gata is kind of the others the uh, what would have happened if hilo had gone that direction because you he, right. he is a good guy he does have a he does have this desire to help and even when he's trying even when he decides to mutiny with tom zarek you can still see there is some idealism there and in fact he is the he's the reason why the the mutiny stops like he's kind of the one who calls it off if i'm if i'm not incorrect no you're right you're right and so but at the same time he has made choices that there is no going back from so there is kind of that dark side of like, okay, what happens when you continue to get kicked? Because that's what Carl, that's what happens with Hilo. Hilo keeps getting kicked for being the good man. Mm-hmm. Like, and we made a joke out of it. Like, oh, here, here, Hilo goes again, getting him, getting his butt handed to him just for being a nice guy. Um, and then you see what happens with with Felix as he continues to just take hit after hit after hit after hit, even after he's shown he was trying to help them on New Caprica. He was trying to do this. He was trying to he was, and where does he end up? You know, and that's how I look at it more than um, kind of as a metaphor for the show. I look at it as a little bit more on an individual scale. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and, you know, I mean, I, I think, well, like with anything else, I think there is that element of, um, you know, and, and we talked about this when we did the brackets that, you know, especially with Daybreak, um, well, sorry, not with the brackets, but when we talked about Daybreak, you know, specifically, because I think we did a separate mm. episode on that. Yes. Um, you know, that there was an element of them having to kind of let go of of everything. You know, like like when you think about Daybreak, you, you see the Colonials and the Cylons, you know, at least the Rebel Cylons moving in together. You see... Mm. Um, you know, uh, basically collaboration between two entities that you never thought possible, given how the whole entire series started. Um, you know, I think that letting go, I, I think is, is really a, a key principle, I think of humanity overall, you know, like in order to move forward in any way, you have to kind of cut ties with past pain, past grievances, past, you know, hurts, um, and, and I think, you know, what, what I, what I liked about this article was just how, you know, even after all these years after BSG has kind of ended, 
there's still these lessons that I think people kind of pick up on, you know, that, that are, are very relevant and resonant with, with who we are as people and, and, and the way mm-hmm. that we, you know, kind of interact with one another. And so I, I, I think that this whole idea of being able to forgive, being able to come to terms or come to peace with things that, you know, have, have been a catalyst of anger and, and of, and of, uh, of, of, of a lot of unrest within us, uh, you know, I think is, is, is something that is very human and very relatable. And, and, Mm. you know, I think it goes to the heart of what we've always talked about with BSG. I mean, I, I kind of look at BSG as one of our tent poles in this show. Um, you know, it's something you and I have, have talked out, you know, about at length and that sort of thing. But, but I think that's what makes the series so great is how, it does this sort of dissection of humanity and really kind of helps us examine a little bit of who, who we are and who we need to be. And, uh, and, and so I think, you know, through the example of this character who is really kind of in essence playing out in some ways, the worst of us really kind of showing how, you know, there, and and we talked about this during the brackets, like how it it wasn't a hundred percent Felix was the bad guy. I, I, I think, there's an element of seeing, you know, reality through his eyes in some ways that, that I thought was very compelling and that I thought they did very well as writers and, and, you know, in terms of how the show was executed. But at the end of the day, you know, he, he went against the Admiral and the Admiral has always been kind of the, the, uh, you, you know, kind of the guidepost of, of morality for, for the show. And so, um, so I think it was just kind of an interesting take and I, and, and I really appreciated just seeing that kind of pop up out of, out of nowhere, you know, you know, 14 years after the, you know, the finale aired. Well, yeah. And it's the reason why that, that resonance stays in, and it doesn't with other shows is because, and Ronald Moore has said this, like it, it wasn't a sci-fi show. It was a it was a drama mm-hmm. centered on the characters with a sci-fi setting. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And some people might look at that and go, ah, what, what's the difference? Well, the difference is when you concentrate on the characters and you and you focus that much on the characters and invest that much in their growth, in their changes, in who they are and what they become, then that will stand the test of time because you know, technology changes, settings change, customs change, attitudes change, all of that. But you know what? People are still people. And just like when you go to different jobs, different cities, different places, you can start meeting the same people. They got different names. They look different. They behave a little bit differently, but you're like, oh, this person really reminds me of this person. Especially right. if they have right. like a, a characteristic or if they have a way of doing things, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm working with that cat again. Oh, great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Like you can start bumping into the same types of people. And when you, when you focus on character, then yeah, those characters, because humanity is humanity, are going to carry through. There's going to be enough there for you that, it, that will resonate. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Good stuff. Well, in, in our last uh, news item before we jump into our final trailer is uh, <laughs> I kind of uh, turned yes. it. It's that time again, ladies and gentlemen, for the BSG TV series update, which really is uh, three quarters of content we've already read and one quarter of 
it's not going to happen. Um, really, I can't from even bring myself com. to do my normal normal thing of like <sighs> just acting like this is actual news. I can't do it anymore. I can't. No. No, I I just thought it was funny. It kind of came up in my feed this week, but basically, denofgeek.com uh, summarizing a lot of the the history, if you will, of the uh, potential uh, Battlestar movie, potential Battlestar TV series uh, led by one Sam Esmail, and uh, really kind of coming down to the conclusion of it, it may not actually materialize because Mr. Esmail is very focused on an Apple TV series called Metropolis right now. And uh, it's really unclear. Well, so, he's, so he says, we're not sure if that one's actually going to happen either. He might just be grabbing some more money and Indeed. running off to his private island. Indeed. So uh, unfortunately, uh, whatever this BSG TV series is for the Peacock uh, seems to be well well off uh 2024 2025 uh is is really being generous if we're trying to be optimistic if anything but uh maybe for starting to shoot maybe maybe but overall i think the the overall message is uh it ain't gonna happen yeah good ain't gonna happen i've got my dvds of the of the ron moore version I'm a happy camper. I got I got my DVDs of that version. I've got my memories of the OG version. I'm set. You know, I really don't think, and and you and I have talked about this before, and we've discussed this article. I I again go back to the fact that I just I don't think there's really a need for it. You know what I mean? Well, need is a very interesting term because there's you there's always some way to justify that there is a need. The need was originally you needed a little sizzle when Peacock was going online. Yeah. You needed some sizzle. You needed something that's going to get you some geek cred because just another like, hey, we've got our own app uh, wasn't quite good enough because that was right mm-hmm. when you like as apps were debuting like, hey, and here's some here's content on this app and they ain't got none. You know, Peacock didn't because it was a little while after Peacock. Or did a uh, WWE debut on Peacock? It might have. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So you got you've got some you know some sports you know entertainment. You got kind of a little bit of there. You got your lives some some live sports as we found out. Not all, um, but you've got you, you kind of need some new content. And I think that they were trying to. It was a it was a bit of a a fake out. Like oh, and this is going to be some of the things that we're going to have on Peacock eventually, and. Now we're how many years in and ain't nothing showing up, you know, but that's how, that's how I look at it. Like that's, they just kind of faked it out. And I don't know if they ever, the, the need is they needed a sizzle and the need would be, well, if, if it gets made, we'll get some eyeballs because people are going to show up to watch some of it at least, you know, and the need would be sci-fi fans, you know, really need more Battlestar Galactica. Now that's the one that I think that, is a is a big miscalculation on the part of the network is that no we don't especially not not in these terms because i don't understand where this where this works because it's not a complete reboot it exists within the ron moore universe as mail had said that how how does this exist in that universe 
you know, and that's the thing that, that I've never been able to really, I mean, maybe this is a, an episode for us to try and brainstorm this and figure it out for them. <laughs> although I don't want to, because I don't want it to happen, but it makes zero sense to me how this actually fits in and to My if anything, hurts. if I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if some of this is basically cover for sending out a bunch of ideas and it just getting shot down one after another, like that doesn't, you know, and, and some executive right. probably probably saying like the show is called Battlestar Galactica or you're constantly you're saying it's part of this, but yet there's no Battlestar and there ain't no Galactica. And there ain't none of these characters that you're 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 coming up with all new stuff like. Why would I watch this? Why are fans going to want to watch this? It, it wouldn't shock me if that was the more of the behind the scenes stuff, although I would think that we'd probably get that information that just Esmail can't come up with it. I don't know, but I'm not, I'm not mad. That's for damn sure. Indeed. <laughs> I'm, I'm good Indeed. with it. All right, sir. How are we going to finish this sucker out? Well, we're going to finish this out on a high note. I know last episode we kind of ended our real and jabroni on a little bit of what we called kind of a wet fart, but uh, we will end strong. <laughs> we, we have such a great way of describing things. I'm not sure why we haven't taken the podcasting world by storm. I know. Uh, still waiting for those credentials to be mailed to us. Oh, they ain't coming, sir. Um, but they ain't our coming. last item is actually a real-time viewing of the trailer for Light and Magic, which will be a six-part series airing on the Plus. Uh, really around the industrial light and magic, uh, you know, corporation and, and company that re- that is really behind a lot of the classics that uh, many of us have grown to love and 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 go to the theater to see. And so, uh, I, I just thought it would be apropos for us to watch this. Maybe you know, do a future episode, kind of talking about this a little bit, but. Uh, looks really fascinating just around how they went from a, a company of uh, really a startup, if you will, of, of, of young folks with a lot of creative ideas using really, you know, physical elements to now, you know, it, it evolving into the, the digital space uh, that special effects are now in uh, for movies. So uh, yeah, I just thought we would watch this and kind of uh, chat through it. All right. Once again, this is in the show notes. So if you want to watch along, you get it all to zeros past all of the, the money mm-hmm. grubbing that YouTube does because both of us are too damn cheap to get YouTube <laughs> premium. I'll say that for sure. <laughs> so we're right in the same boat with y'all. I mean, hey, you know, as, as Bill Clinton once said, I feel your pain. Mm-hmm. Um, we're right there with you, folks. And for those of you who do have YouTube premium, like, are you that much better than us? What, you think you're better than us just because you have to watch the commercials? Come on now. Anyways, I bet I bet you I, I, you know what I you know what I bet it is? I bet the YouTube premium people are the ones who are talking smack about Rian Johnson. They just Could they be. just feel that much more superior. Could be. That's my theory, anyways. Anyways, okay. So you get all the zeros. We're gonna go, we're gonna count down from three, as is our tradition. Three, two, one, go. Off we go. Indeed it is, George. Ah, yes. We get several different Georges in this. (laughs) Yes, we do. I like how they go beyond just Star Wars with us. Oh, yeah. And it really is remarkable how much it's grown from from physical models to, like, the volume. Oh, totally. It's crazy. 
But at the same time, like if you think about it, like the volume is essentially like the same matte painting stuff they were yeah. doing back then, you know, just and now you can do it that much better in emotion. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just love how they had to build everything from scratch for episode four. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's the original Death Star blowing up. Yep. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen that in a while. Nope. Now you get the Praxis effect. July twenty seventh, folks. Favreau. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I never knew that about Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. Great, great use of Don't Stop Believing, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Doug Chang. There we go. The man, the myth, the legend. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Razor Crest. Oh, what a beautiful ship that is. Indeed. The Rancor. Yep. I love that description of them. Yeah. They were the Rebel Alliance, 100%. Yeah. So if you, uh, number one, oh my gosh, I got to tell you right now, I feel like I need to smoke a cigarette after that because I am I am such a documentary like geek that streaming has been like, Oh, it's been awesome for me. Just so many, so many documentaries, so many documentaries. I could comment on like the last four that I've been watching and we'd be here for another couple of hours, but I won't. But if you, if you're like me and you're, you're a documentary geek and you've watched the empire of dreams documentary, uh, which was for me, uh, back in the day when I got the, the OG trilogy on dvd and that was a bonus yeah. dvd with that and, and some other stuff now it's actually streaming on on the plus as well i highly recommend that if you have mm-hmm. not seen it um because it, it will actually give you a little bit of a, a little bit of this but i'm sure they're going to go way deeper so it might end up the that empire of dreams kind of gives you a primer and then they go like all the way in to the deep end on this yeah um but i mean oh yeah that whole idea like just like building everything from scratch that they were like these underdogs and, and really like the thing that George Lucas says, like there were no effects houses, like everybody, all right. the studios had like gotten rid of all this. Everything was gritty realism and, and there were no more like people who did these effects that just had to start from scratch. And my gosh, just to think of, of where it's come to now is amazing. Yeah. Um, and if this, if this documentary is anything like the Imagineering documentary, that that disney put out this is going to be so good oh yeah. so good because that imagineering yeah. doc was was fantastic i could have watched 18 parts of that yeah i i'm still mad that there isn't like a season two because i i just thought that was such a great documentary um but this is going to be this is gonna be great i mean what do you what do you think watching this yeah i mean i i, I think you know ILM is the unsung heroes of, of a lot of movies that I think we've come to really enjoy. And, you know, in a lot of ways is involved in probably pictures. A lot of people don't even realize, you know, because of, of the expertise they bring. Um, There's a couple in that, in that, just in that trailer that I was like, 
they worked on that and of course yeah. of course they did because they work on everything oh yeah yeah no but but i mean you know i'm i'm, I'm in the bag for these kind of documentaries i i love like i love disney galleries you know giving us a sneak peek behind shows like the mandalorian book of boba fett um i i really enjoy that and and i think you know to give some some focus and i mean six parts I mean, think about that. Yeah. Six parts to just ILM, you know, not even a movie, but just them as an entity is is really intriguing to me because I, I really love to understand like what they all kind of go through and, and, and how they came to the point that they did. I mean, you, you know, that that the decade of the 70s going into the 80s, there was so much between like Apple, between them, you know, other companies that they were so scrappy and they were so, you know, trying to survive based on creativity and their intuition and their skill that, you, you know, those stories really excite me because th these are people like in the trenches really, I mean, just trying to survive when you think about it. Like when you, like you mentioned mm -hmm. Empire of Dreams, when you watch that and you begin to realize, or if you read like, you know, the, the biography that was done on George Lucas um, which, you know, I think I referenced, you know, way, way back in our like episode two or three of, of the show. Um, when you look at, at what, you know, how close they came to not making that movie, oh, it's yeah. really remarkable. And, and there was so much that could have gone wrong and, and, and the way it all just kind of played out, it just always, you know, it's, it's always amazing to me, you know, I watch this, you know, these movies and I'm in awe of them, but I'm also in awe of the fact that they, they almost couldn't have been, you know, and, 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 you know, so much had to kind of work out in, in so many different directions for them to, to land the way they did that. I just really, um, I love stories like this. Cause I, I, I love to understand what people went through to make these things happen. And, and I think it's also interesting too, for, for younger folks to see this too, because, you know, I think there's an element of, you know, there's so much just at our fingertips these days that we don't really appreciate or understand like what some people went through to really make the entertainment or the things that we experience happen, uh, you know, nowadays. And, 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 you know, so much of it is so, you know, so, so digital and, and so easy, uh, in some ways that, that I, I, you know, I, I'm excited to see kind of what this story looks like and how they kind of tell it across these six parts. Um, so that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and I think there's a there is something to be said for that ease, that it it does it, it makes it look easy, right? And, and famously, right. Um, you know, Tron is mm -hmm. is streaming on, mm -hmm. on the Plus as well because that's a Disney property, and it's I think it's forty fortieth anniversary now, of Tron is like this year or just it just passed its fortieth anniversary of its premiere. Famously, was not even nominated for an Oscar for special effects. I believe I, I, either they weren't nominated or they didn't win. I, I, they might not have even been nominated. Yeah. Yeah. Which is absolutely bat spit insane. Mm. But the reason being that because they use computers in the animation, in the special effects, they looked at it as cheating. Oh, interesting. So it, it is that idea of like, oh, well, it's so easy now and this and that and the other. However, I would say... Just to just to back off a little bit because I, I and I I'm not trying to down you at all in this sir but I mean no, it just it, it it naturally happens when w with us uh, as you as you kind of 
are going through different changes and stuff, you can wander into this territory of like the old bastard. It ain't, you know, that's not the way it was. People don't appreciate things right. the way they were. It's not necessarily that it is. It's recognizing that, you know, I, I think there are still people who are doing this and I think there are yeah. people who know the value of it. I would, I would say that, yes, your, your point is well made that people do not appreciate, um, the time and effort it went into making music or, or even in just getting music or movies or anything like that because it's so readily available. Right. So it, it doesn't have a tangible um, value because, oh, well, it's just streaming. I can stream all of the music in the entire world on my phone now. Yeah. It's not like I have yeah. to go to the record shop and hope they have the record that I want. And then if I if they don't have it, then I can't get it. I've got to ask them to order it, and they might be able to get it, or they might not be able to. So there might be like, I might wind up there with like this this unicorn al- album out there that I want, but I can't get it now. Right. I mean, that's not a thing, not right. really, not the way it used to be. So there is it is a bit different, but I I, I do appreciate how even with you know, us appreciating those scrappy underdogs back in the day, they're still, those stories are still happening. Mm-hmm. You just got to look for them. And I do appreciate how that is one of like, much like, you know, with, uh, with Battlestar Galactica, like that is a human thing. So it, it will always resonate. The reason why the underdog resonates so much is because there's always an underdog. Yep. And there always yep. will be underdogs. Yep. And that's what I, that's what I love about that is it, it, it will always have resonance because there's always going to be some person who are like, man, I really hope they make it. That's really cool. Like they are, that is going to totally screw with everything. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. hope they make it, you know? No, totally, totally. You're, you're so right on. Absolutely. Yeah, this is going to be so good. So good. So good. Look for it, ladies and gentlemen. ILM coming out July 27th, six part series on the blues. All right. So, um, does that conclude the Week in Geek? <laughs> Are we, are we going to draw this to a close now, sir? I'll give you a sneak peek to what we have learned in this episode. And what we have learned is we can geek and go two plus hours, baby. <laughs> you just got to try. You just got to try or have no standards. And guess what? We're game for both. Bingo. Oh, man. So, well, what have you got for and another thing this episode? Uh, this is a repeat of something I probably discussed maybe a couple episodes ago i don't think it was that long ago this is but, you uh, just hitting me over the head with a cudgel oh, trying to get Uncle me into Todd, this <laughs> get on the stranger things bandwagon f- sir you failed with game of thrones and now oh. you're like okay try this one <laughs> season four of stranger there's things no dragons on- and it's got 80s references you'll love absolutely, it absolutely absolutely no stranger things uh season four on netflix if you haven't seen it check it out if you haven't seen stranger things start at season one for the love of god just watch it through all the way through it is uh it, it is such a well done series not without you know some some things here or there that that could be done better but you know so i'm not trying to say it's perfection but you know, for, for entertainment, like for our family to sit down and just like, you know, just, just completely imbibe these, these episodes, uh, really enjoy them. Um, you know, it's, it's a real touchstone for my younger son. He really enjoys it. My older son as well, but, but, but my, my younger son I know is really, really into it. Um, and, and it, it is really well done. Really, uh, if any, if any series has really embodied, that feel of the eighties, this is one of the best, um, you know, mm. this, this last uh, season, um, 
they, they, you know, the, the time frame of, of this season was around 1986. Uh, they brought, they worked into the storyline, um, a song that I never really knew about from, from Kate Bush called running up that, uh, running up that hill. Um, apparently it was big in the, in, in 86. Um, it has become huge just because of the show, uh, over the last couple oh, yeah. of months. Started charting again. Yeah. Started charting again. Um, she's made somewhere in the order of two to $3 million just because of how popular it's become again. Good for um, her. Cause she probably got hosed out of a whole bunch of money back in the eighties. Probably. <laughs> so good probably. for her. And then, need, you know what? We need to start doing this for like, for, for musicians and artists who got hosed <laughs> back in the day and, and throw them into a TV show now so they can make some of the money back that they got screwed out of earlier. Like, Absolutely. Somewhere, somewhere, Billy Joel is making a call right now. Like, hey, you remember that time that my brother-in-law screwed me out of millions? Can you put me in an episode? Just, just a couple seconds. Can, just anything. Can you give me a peek? Um, yeah, can, just a little. Ha, ha, little that's ha, ha. all. Uh, and then, and then the other song, ironically, um, that that kind of came out of it, uh, out of the so. So what they did was they did volume one which was, I think, uh, the first six episodes. And then volume two was episode seven and eight, which were a little bit longer. Um, but in, in volume two, uh, Metallica's master of puppets, I won't say how, but it, it does become part of what happens in, in the series. You know, again, it, it was just so cool to kind of see that be brought in and, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, to kind of see my sons kind of, you know, get into it and that sort of thing. Cause that, you know, Metallica is a band that, that I grew up with and really enjoy. And so, uh, so just, I, I can't recommend enough this series overall. Um, se- season four was a very strong outing. I felt certainly some things could have been done better, but, but really overall well done trying to get uncle Todd into it. If anything, to kind of work us into a, uh, yet another franchise along with BSG to, for, for us to kind of pontificate on for two plus hours an episode. Uh, but, uh, yeah, do check it out on Netflix right now. Uh, check it out. It just, just well done. Great cast, great story, uh, great production all around. You will not be disappointed. Stranger things. Check it out. All righty. Well, since, uh, since I got, I'm getting beat over the head with Stranger Things. I'm actually going to have two and another things this week. Ah, I'm, there we go. I'm I'm using my uh, my post production prerogative uh, that <laughs> this won't get edited out. So <laughs> I don't like to play that card very often, but every you, so you often, do not. you you are judicious, sir, when you do play it, and it is uh, rare. And and I guarantee both of these will be worth your while, and and they do actually uh, have have a bit of a tie together. So uh, first thing is, uh, I think I've recommended uh, at least one of these shows before, but mm-hmm. Quest Love Supreme, uh, the podcast hosted by uh, the drummer for the Roots, mm. um, Quest Love, phenomenal musician. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. uh, one of one of the great drummers working today, certainly without question. Um, and he's one of those guys. Oh my gosh! He, I mean, he's not a small, small person, but his kit is so dead simple. But he makes it sound absolutely fracking ginormous, mm-hmm. um, and so like tasteful uh, just with what he does. Um, anyways, he has a podcast. I think I recommended an episode before, but this is with uh, with uh, bassist Christian McBride. Uh, one oh, of nice, nice. Another one of the the greats who have uh, great musicians working today. Um, jazz bassist, um, both upright and electric bass, primarily upright, but also does a, a, a lot of electric bass. And uh, they actually, Questlove and Christian McBride, went to uh, the same performing arts high school in Philadelphia. 
Oh. And so they've known each other for so long. And it's a great conversation uh, about music and about his life and, and everything. And it's, it is worth it. I'm not going to give away what transpires in the story, but I, I will say the entire episode is worthwhile whether you're whether you're a musician or not but it's it's worthwhile if only to to listen to the james brown story uh, about two-thirds of the way through <laughs> oh my goodness i was nice. I, I listened to this episode um i've gotten in the habit of listening to podcasts uh while i'm mowing the lawn and doing yard work and stuff that just because sense. it's a it's a great time to kind of zone out and do mm-hmm. that. And I was gut laughing as I'm mowing my backyard, listening to this story. And my neighbors are probably like, OK, he's drunk and mowing the lawn. I'm like, no, no, not yet. Not yet. That's afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, my gosh, I've been laughing out loud as I'm as I'm just mowing my <laughs> mowing the lawn because I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's getting more ridiculous by the second. Uh, but it's a great episode. Great conversation. And nice. uh, very interesting, like I said, for musicians and non-musicians alike, uh, especially, though, if you're a musician and, and you're a bassist, uh, because Christian McBride uh, famously was one of the young lions of jazz, came up in the 80s, uh, was kind of along with uh, Wynton Marsalis, you know, nice. kind of under, uh, was a protege or, or kind of one of the folks who came up after Wynton, uh, along with, a, I can't remember... I'm going to, I'm going to blow all the names because I, I can't remember them off, but there was a group of musicians who kind of came out of that time that were called the young lions of jazz. And, uh, he was one of them. And, and to this day, uh, is, is incredible. I, they, he actually played down in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, uh, about an hour from where I am. And I'm, I'm regret that I didn't go see him, but I just, I couldn't make it work. Um, it would have been a great show. So definitely listen to that. I'll have a link for that in the show notes. The The bonus to this is... Can, 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 can um, I yes. just jump in with one Questlove tidbit? By uh, all means. This might be on YouTube. Is uh, on, on, you know, because Questlove plays with The Roots and The Roots play on The Tonight Show yeah. uh, with Jimmy They're Fallon. They're the only reason that I would watch The Tonight Show because yes. I cannot stand Jimmy They're, Fallon. I yes. uh, believe it was a year or two ago. I think it was two years ago. Uh, prior to COVID, probably. So probably 2019. Um was Phil Collins uh, singing? Um, yes, uh, in the air tonight. In the air tonight, and Questlove was playing drums. Yes, and to see the the look of of just absolute glee on his face when he played that mm-hmm. that that milestone, you know, you know, the just fill. just yep. that uh, fill that is just so classic to that song was just so cool. Uh, yes. I, I I just. Yeah, Questlove. There's a lot of really good, funny stuff with him on the Tonight Show. His interchange with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, he has a really good, like Prince story. Uh, I think that uh, there's still a clip out there on when you know Prince passed away and that sort of thing. But yeah, he he just in the air tonight when he played that. It, you could just tell that was someone fulfilling a bucket list item for himself, and uh, and doing it with the man Phil Collins on vocals was was just phenomenal. So yeah. I will throw that in as a as a bonus bonus and another thing. Okay, well now we have to get to the bonus 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 bonus. Um, so this past Thursday, uh, I had a chance to go down to the same place that I didn't see Christian, Christian McBride. I got to go see Tall Wilkenfeld, who ah. is uh, an incredible bassist. Uh, she is amazing. And um, she, is, she started out uh, very playing, pace, playing bass very young and was, in fact, touring with Jeff Beck as his bass, bass player, like in her teens or something. Nice. Like, and, and it is a virtuosic bass player. Just amazing. 
um, over the last, I don't know, four or five years, she's started venturing away from kind of more traditional um, kind of what she had been doing into more kind of singer and songwriter and all this. And she has a very distinctive voice and very expressive voice and a, and a, a style that is so unique. And, and her, her, her own, uh, her, her album uh, called love remains, which is her most recent album is amazing. And it is, it is very powerful, but it is this, it is this mixture of like, kind of like grunge. Mm-hmm. Uh, rock maybe a little emo thrown in there but then like some jazz like changes i i I don't know how to describe it i do not have the music theory uh vocabulary to describe it uh you just have to listen to it and i would encourage anybody and everybody to listen to it but i i got a chance to go down to portsmouth and see her and i brought my daughter with me because two reasons number one uh i'm heading out for the aforementioned uh, idiots on the road sort of thing. Uh, my trip is going to be a little bit longer, so I'm going to be away for like a week and a half. So I'm trying to pack in a bunch of family time before that because I, I, I've been trying to do that more uh, anyways, just mm-hmm. in general, uh, kind of to balance out, you know, <laughs> being being at home with everybody with COVID. The first thing you're thinking is like, I can. we all need to get away from each other for a little while after this whole thing is done. Like we've been packed like sardines into this house for this long. We need to be away from each other. Now I'm trying to counteract that a little bit by, okay, well, let's still hang together a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. One of these days we'll figure it out. But, uh, but I, wanted to take, I wanted to have some time with her before I took off on my uh, trip. And I also wanted her to see like someone who is a legit badass woman mm-hmm. who is like great at what she does, first and foremost, as a, yeah. as a musician. Nice. But also is like a force to be reckoned with as a band leader and a writer and who is not necessarily taking like the road of easiest travel, you know, like she probably could have continued doing what she was doing. She was on tour with Jeff Beck. She, she played with Herbie Hancock. She played with all kinds of people and, and could have been very comfortable just kind of remaining in that, in that area you know, just doing what she was doing and probably wouldn't, would have been great. And here she is kind of doing this other thing that I'm imagining is probably like, well, it might not be as profitable. It might not be, but it's, it's probably more fulfilling. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I, this is someone that I want my daughter to go see and check out. And I was like, I don't know if she's going to like the music, but Hey, we'll see. And lo and behold, made a new tall Wilkenfeld fan, um, which was, which was great. So it was a great, uh, great time. Uh, and, and also just, uh, you know, listen to, listen to love remains. It is a great album. Got a chance to meet tall Wilkenfeld afterwards. My wife will not stop giving me crap because I didn't get a picture at the meet and greet. I am horrible at meeting famous people. What's the matter with you, man? I just, I think I, I just freeze up. I just freeze up. And it's like, (laughs) it's not like the most famous person in the world, but it was famous enough for me to be like, ha, 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 I just I like if, if we were on a if we were on a nice. podcast with Tal Wilkenfeld, I'd be fine. Like oh, oh like in this sort of realm, I'm fine. Wait a minute. In person, I'm a complete idiot. You like even worse than this. You've gotten an intro signature from Mick Foley. And you can't stand yes. before Tal Wilkenfeld and get some sort of picture or something. Well, here's the thing. Uh. When I when I when I when I met Mick Foley, I talked to him and I got that intro. And then you know what? I walked away. I didn't get my signed picture. 
Oh, which is part of the ticket. I had to go back upstairs. Oh dear. And and tell the guy who's like like working security. Like I'm sorry, I was I was just up here and I didn't get my photo that was supposed to be signed. He's like, yeah, I kind of noticed that. And and I and he had to go back over and like cut me in line. Oh. And so that I could I could talk to I could I could get my signed photo from Mick. Good lord. Yeah, I, I, I and I'm like I am such an idiot, and I and I I'm like I think Uncle I said Todd, that to Mick. Man of the people. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, don't be like me when you meet famous people. Uh, don't <laughs> don't be a complete gibbering idiot. That's the lesson. And and go listen to Questlove Supreme and Tal Wilkenfeld, which Indeed. was actually was fantastic at the show. Someone yelled out, "Hey, Tal!" and or, uh, yeah, Tal. And she's like, "Actually, it's Tall." <laughs> and the whole place goes, "Ooh!" Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I was like, that dude just needs to go hide under his table now. Nice. Nice. Anywho. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, first and foremost, well, first and foremost, uh, we're now going to wrap this thing up. It's It's been about four hours. Uh, we thank you for sticking around as long as, wait a minute, is it four hours or is it six? I can't remember. Oh, no, we're only at 220. Look at that. Um pre-edit time. But thank you for, uh, for sticking around. Thank you for listening. We do certainly appreciate it. And you know what? Uh, actually more foremost than that um, is uh, thank you for your support over the past uh, three years and as we head into our fourth year we certainly have appreciate all of our subscribers all the people who have shared a podcast with other people Tom um, Cruise fans when, yeah Tom Cruise fans when, you know what come back come back we will have Tom Cruise content for you every episode from now on even if there isn't we're going to invent crap just to keep you happy because apparently the the Xenuites are, are the, the thing that keeps podcasting going. Who would have thunk it? Um, but thank you all for, for tuning in, sharing, and, and subscribing. We certainly do appreciate it. If you have not become a member of the Free Range EDC congregation, if you are not reading out of the same hymnal as us, what the hell is wrong with you? All you got to do is go to freerangeedc.com. You'll see all of our episodes right there. You can subscribe right to the Podbean app, or you can find us on the podcast purveyor of your choice, of uh, which a few of those are Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on iHeartRadio. We are on Samsung Podcasts. A whole bunch of others just top gun uh, podcast <laughs> yeah top gun. <laughs> tommy's top gun podcast.com whatever you know <laughs> goose's revenge.org you know the iceman cometh.net yeah all those we're, we're on all of those yeah cruiser lights um, come together <laughs> <laughs> rooster redux um <laughs> And, it's, and they couldn't even get the real rooster redux. It's like rooster underscore redux <laughs> dot me or something. Oh, man. <laughs> dot biz. You know, I mean, we're on all of those. Uh, but uh, you know what? Just search for free range. EDC. chances are you're going to find us. If you don't find us, go ahead and send a, uh, an email to Tim at freerangeedc.com and uh, we'll see about hooking that up for you. If you haven't <clears> followed us on the social medias yet, by all means, you should do that. We are on the Twitter. We are on the Facebook. We are on the Instagram. All of those are at Free Range Idiocy. If you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, offers of outright bribery, or hey, you got something you want us to talk about uh, on the show, please, by all means, encourage us. Our families hate it, but we love it. So uh, send all of those to Tim at FreeRangeIdiocy.com, and he will get back to you forthwith, if not sooner. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we come to that part of the show that everyone looks forward to the most. It's when I stop talking. Well, stop talking as much. We take what we can get. But 
I hand this off to the man they call Tim, the, the, the less idiotic of the two idiots who run this show because, well, guess what? In a really? world of crappy options, you take the best you can. And uh. he's, the best that, he's the best we got. By far. By far. I just happen to talk over him all the time. And you know what? I apologize. Sometimes. Uh, but <laughs> are you booing because I talk over you or are you booing because I apologize? I'm confused. Booing because you talk over me, but that was just for fun. Oh, okay. I, well, I don't uh, really feel one way or another about it. Okay, good. Well, I will hand the show over to Tim, but not before I've asked the second most important question that humankind has ever uttered in all of recorded and unrecorded history. The first, of course, being what is hip. The second being, the hell did we learn this episode? Uh, we have learned the following, my friend. Uh, <sighs> we have learned that, uh, hey, the we can geek. We can go for two plus hours, my man. Hi. Hey, hey. Uh, we've also learned... If the least, moon was really made out of green cheese, would you eat it? I would. I washed uh, down with nice cool Budweiser. Or tin cup rye, because that is the other thing we've learned. Is tin cup <laughs> rye, or at least Uncle Tim has learned, or man they call Tim has learned, uh, tin cup <laughs> rye is delightful. Are you drinking it out of the little tin cup that comes on the top of it? I might be. <laughs> You know, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm, no, pretty, no. I'm, I'm drinking out of a glass. I'm pretty sure that's not drinking safe. I'm pretty sure there's lead in that or something. Oh, dear Lord. Uh, we've also learned that uh, Uncle Todd is not having these hit jobs on Rian Johnson. That is for certain. Leave Rian Johnson alone! Indeed. Indeed. Uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna have my. We're gonna start up another podcast. Free Rian Johnson. That's what, that's what we're gonna, which will fulfill our our goal of trying to have one or more podcasts named Free Something. So yeah, uh, there it's we gonna go. be the free verse. That's what it's gonna be. That's right. And it's 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 all by Freebird rules as well. Oh, there we, oh, very nicely Just done. Further sir. confuse the deep issue. cut. Deep cut there. Very nice. Uh, the man they call Tim, uh, grateful Uncle Todd for introducing him to Clerks and uh, Kevin Smith. So appreciate that. Uh, we've also learned uh, Pizza Papa is the new Pete Rose to Doctor Strange's cane. <laughs> Oh, Pizza Papa gets always gets paid. Indeed, always. Indeed, he does. Uh, new BSG series uh, will never happen. That's just something we've learned today. If we didn't know that, you know, just just hearing, you know, and again, it, like I joke, like it, it's got to be like you said, because you're much smarter about this stuff. I was like, there's got to be some sort of AI that does this. Tim's like, well, as a matter of fact, there is. It could be this good. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm this inept that I didn't even notice this. Because, <laughs> of course. But, yeah, of it's course. totally like just assembled from everything else and just like hodgepodge together. And I'm so I'm so I'm so relieved. Yeah. Every time we do one of these, I am relieved because I'm like, we are that much further away from this never happening. Mm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Love it. And final. And most importantly, Denver, better buckle yes, up. Better oh, buckle boy. up because free range idiocy is coming to town. The idiots are coming. The idiots are coming. That yeah, is all. probably get lost. That is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uber, help me. <laughs> we'll be in like, we'll be like Denver, Wyoming. Like, Boy, this How doesn't do I really get look to Red like Rocks? Much. I'm near a rock that's red, but it's not like what I thought it would be. <laughs> That'd be great. And oh, why is and why is this guy pe peeing on the other side of the rock, Patrick? <laughs> oh gosh! 
Is that you? Please tell me we're not expensing his ticket out there. Good Lord. No, but he might stow away like where the landing gear are. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as Uncle Todd has said, thank you so much for the uh, listenership, for the downloads. We, we very much appreciate it. And as we like to close things out, uh, be safe, be healthy, mm. be kind, be good to one another. And, uh, hey, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're footing the bill for these flights out to Denver. So if you would, please, just to save a few shekels, would you please hit the lights on the way out? Quick impression of Tim when we're in Denver after a couple tots of whiskey. Is if we're a mile high, do I have to duck going through the doors? <laughs> I thought you were gonna go, Bill Moody, he was here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he peed on this wall or that rock. <laughs> or the rock and the wall. <laughs> Give me another drink. <laughs> What's that stain over there? By God, that's got to be Kane. No, no, Tim. <laughs> no, it's Pizza Papa. Oh, good luck. <laughs> Stop peeing on Pizza Papa. <laughs> Bruce Campbell, how did you get here? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs>